It is Free Talk Live, and as always, you're invited to take control of the airwaves. You can do that at 603-283-6160. Again, that number 603-283-6160. With you at the moment, it's Aria and Nikki, and we will be joined by Bonnie. She's just doing something at the moment, and I can't, you know... If we were like professionals, like Bonnie's late, whatever, rah, 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 how dare she not be prepared? But like, honestly, I'm so unprepared for just everything. I'm right unprepared now. for life. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm right. like simply just existing. That's <laughs> hey, there's a lot happening right now. Of course, tomorrow is uh, Fork Fest. The begin, what is it? Yes, tomorrow is officially the beginning of Fork Fest. Uh, it's not official. There's nothing official. The about unofficial, right. official beginning of Fork Fest. Yeah, it's official because I'm declaring it to be the beginning of Fork Fest, and that makes it as fi- official as anything. So that's what we're going with. And of course, that means I've got to, you know, tomorrow I've got to take the remote kit, the remote studio, and all of this stuff, and plus my clothes and two cats and a dog with me up to Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And the, the drive kind of, it's all right, right? I, I prefer to be in my eclipse with the top down, but it's going to be rainy tomorrow anyway. Yeah. And, you know, listening to loud rock music. But the, this, this is not how things are shaping up. But it's it's got this extra weirdness to it this year. Like, that's something that I do every year. And I always wait until the last possible minute to pack. Like, I just did laundry for this thing today, right? My, my laundry tends to be clean anyway, or I tend to do laundry regularly, but like, when I'm going away, I'm like, okay, let's just make sure everything is freshly washed and throw it in the suitcase. And I I did that today. Like, on the way to the studio, I stopped and picked up my dried laundry. Yeah. And tomorrow, I'm going up to Fork Fest. And this is, that's normal. And taking the cats with me is normal. And taking Azria, my dog, with me is normal. The abnormal abnormal stuff here is that when Porcupine Freedom Festival, when it ends on June the 25th, I will be presumably coming back to Keene, staying here for that Sunday and that Monday, and then that Tuesday, reporting to federal prison. So all all of my stuff, like my entire life, got packed into boxes and scattered to the winds of New Hampshire in various places. And that's what I've been doing for the last few days. And that's not an easy thing to do, right? Like that that sucks. I've I've built a life here, and I'm I I had to dismantle that and send it all around New Hampshire, knowing that there's no chance it's going to get put back together. Maybe to some degree, but like Humpty Dumpty is going to break and that's going to be the end of it. You just have like different people holding stuff? Uh, yes, for the most part. It Most of it's fine where it's at, but then there's stuff like my Gibson guitars that are very expensive, very valuable, and I don't want to just leave those unattended. But yes, essentially that. And it's difficult to do that under any circumstance, but while you're also planning to go to a festival, it just makes it also weird on top of that. It's very bittersweet, very, I'm both looking forward to this event and absolutely dreading it because it's, the event's going to be fun, but immediately after the event, like one day after the event, I'm going to prison. Are you staying for all of Porkfest? My current plan is, but like... We don't know what's going to happen, yeah. right? Uh, I'm supposed to be... Every, everyone keeps asking, you know, do you know where you're going to be going yet? No, got people, look, this is the government. That's so crazy that they wouldn't have it decided and at least tell you about it by 
um, a week before going or oh, a yeah. week and a half. At least a week before. I mean, when were you? Uh, yeah, when were you sentenced? Uh, April the twenty sixth. Yeah. Well, they, and now it's June, and they still haven't told you. I mean, that is insane. Not surprised. Well, they, but it's insane. They got it on their paperwork, and they were like, "All right, this is due on June the twenty sixth. We'll do it on June the twenty fourth." Right? That's that's yep. the government. That's the way the government does things. I I will know probably around June the twentieth. June the twentieth is when I'm expecting to get an to get an answer. But no. It could very well be that I'm told, well, you're going to do your time in a prison in Oregon or California or whatever. What are the odds that they're just like, we're going to hold you in some place for like a month until we figure it out or something? I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know what the odds are on any of this, right? Yeah. Like, I've never been a federal prisoner, and I don't really know anyone who has. They're going to do whatever they want to do. It would be strange if they did that with me, given that they've had two months to prepare. That was the whole point of me being allowed to self-report was so that the Bureau of Prisons could figure out what they were going to do with me in advance. So I, I don't know. I, that may get, that may be something that would actually involve my attorney again. I, I don't know, though. I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't expect to know anything until June the 20th. And as for staying for all of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I might get called on the 20th and say, hey, you're, you're going to be you know, in prison in Oregon. So you can either... Report to this prison in Oregon on the 27th, or you can report to a local prison and we can take you there. And as I pointed out previously, that's not an appealing concept, right? Spending 12 hours a day handcuffed in a bus, uh, maybe with the windows down, but probably not with bars on the window, uncomfortably riding across the country, staying in this jail one night and then another jail the next night, and then this jail for three weeks while they wait on another bus like that. No. If, if they say something like that, I'm just going to buy my own plane ticket and head out of the event early and go to whatever city I'm going to be stationed. I don't want to do that, right? Yeah, of course not. It'd be nice to be here so, you know, your friends can visit you and... Right. You know. And that's what the judge said. You know, apparently having people nearby their home fosters, you know, uh, good behavior because that they take away your visitation rights or whatever if you don't behave well. And... So they want to station you where people can visit you because otherwise they they have that to they have that little carrot on a stick to dangle in front of yep. you and entice good behavior out of you. But they consider I I don't want to say they consider the Free State Project to be a gang, but they do, right? In, in the same way that they consider you people, that's what the judge called free you staters. People. Well, it's worse than that, right? Like the actual Bureau of Prisons considers free staters to be a criminal, not a criminal enterprise, but a gang. And the reason for that is, like, they don't want to station me with, like, the Nazis or well, right, they the communists or whatever. They, those don't exist as gangs in federal prisons. The Nazis do. But Didn't the federal government literally list libertarians as domestic terrorists? Yeah, they, I feel like that did. happened, yeah. It they did. did that. So. Right. So, and because of that, free, that classification, they're probably not going to want to keep me in the same state where this gang is headquartered, right? So that's that's been suggested. I mean, to they me have that's to know that's to, BS. Have have they, they really bought into that notion? The U.S. probation officer straight up asked me if I had any gang affiliations, and I said no. And he said, "Aren't you a member of the Free State Project?" Yeah, oh that's God. not so, a gang, buddy. Oh my gosh, well, uh, Pe- these the people def- are crazy. The yeah. way they defined it, it's literally a gang, right? It may not be a criminal enterprise, but I mean. It is it's an organization of people that work together to achieve a common goal. And is that a gang? I think it's a lot looser be. though because like there's no membership. 
I'm not actually a member of the Free State Project, I'm, but there is yeah. a membership, right? People sign yeah, the thing yeah. and they, they sign up to be members. I, I never think that did that it. I don't even think that makes you sign up to be a member. You just pledge that you're going to move. And other than that... I think there's something you sign like once you're moved here... If there is, I think I, I think there up. is like I you can be part of the organization somehow, but I'm I'm not, you know. Yeah, I'm not either. So it's like it's a weird situation. I'm Free State Project adjacent, I guess. Yeah, but it's like if if I was a member of a drug cartel that had its base in you know San Bernardino, California, they wouldn't want to station me in a California prison because I'd be right there where my gang is stationed. So I understand from that perspective, the issue, of course, is that the Free State Project is as far from what anyone understands a gang to possibly be. It's just when I think of people that are advocating for peace and freedom, <laughs> I, I'm not like, yeah, they're a gang. You Did know? they make you watch that movie in school? Uh, the I think it was called The Buttercream Gang. No. Okay. Sounds familiar. I don't know why. It, it was really popular in the South. Like in every school that I went to as a kid, we ended up watching this and it was it was like these just goody two-shoe kids that had a gang and it was the buttercream gang and one of his i don't that's all i remember about it other than that one of them moved away and he joined like a real gang and then he came back i don't i wish i could remember more of the movie than that but that's like what's happening here they're, they're looking at the buttercream gang and going these these horrible people how dare they and it's like it's look we're libertarians just trying to live in peace here that, that's all there is to it i think i've just heard reference to this because it doesn't look familiar but Wow, that sounds like a terrible time. Well, I mean, I'd rather be doing that than like having like a teacher instruction day. Yeah, I mean, as far as movies go, it was okay. I, there were a lot of movies that like I watched in as a kid in school that I wish I could remember now. Like one of them was about aliens invading some post-apocalyptic Earth. Wow. And, yeah, yeah, I right. watched movies like that in school. And they had to read books and study libraries. Uh, fallen libraries and stuff in order to piece together how to... It, no, he, the humans were rising against the aliens. I don't remember, Matt. Like I said, this was, I was in the second grade then. And it was really intense. It was like a 12-part series that we watched like one and then three months later we watched the other one and over the course of several years eventually the library got us through all of the series. But I don't remember it other yeah. than the really disappointing ending where they, they thought watermelons were nuts. I remember that. And the ending, the the aliens or whatever they were, they were they were scared of horses. So they created some hologram of horses in the sky to like scare them away. That that was the, that is wild. That was the climax the end of the movie. Right. We, we just watched uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Okay, <laughs> we watch that too occasionally. But um, don't go. These were not good movies for no reason. I don't even know why the reason would be. From seventh to eleventh grade, I watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail like five times in school. It in was school? like that my, sounds like yeah. My class was always like voting for it. Like yeah, we want, and I hated it. Like I had already seen it. I didn't just don't think it's that funny. I know everyone loves it. It's all right. I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but I just I laugh. I, I mean, when you've seen it five times for one thing, and like every all the boys in my class like loved that movie, and they'd vote for that. We never watched Monty Python when I was in school, disappointingly. But that's what's going on. And, you know, then June the 27th is going to happen at 2 o'clock p.m. And I'm going to be in federal prison for the next 18 months. So, like, I don't know if I'm staying for all of the Porcupine Friend Festival. It's my plan to, but it's difficult. It's been difficult to plan things for the last two years anyway, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And that's... Even more, it's true. So as it gets closer to the day where I, I don't know 
what I'm going to be told. I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't know how how it's all going to happen. And it's not a fun place to be. But, you know, I'm going to go to Porkfest and Forkfest, and I'm going to have as good a time as one can, even though I do have this hanging over me. And that's what makes it such a bittersweet experience. We're like, I love Forkfest and the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but, like, as soon as that's over, it's off to prison for me. So, I don't know. It's not a fun place to be. But anyway, in fun stuff, music concerts are a lot of fun. I've got a story about Taylor Swift and what's going on at her... It's alarming to me how popular of a musician Taylor Swift is because she's not a terrible musician, in my opinion. I mean, she's talented, and you know, she clearly she's talented, but she's like the most popular musician in the world. I, yeah. I just really, I completely don't understand it. It's like, I don't understand why anyone who likes pop would like her like 10 times more, because like, she's like 10 times more popular than someone like, like Lady Gaga. Maybe not 10 but at least like five. I don't understand it. Like I liked her country music. I don't, I personally don't like her as a pop star. I think she's like not what a pop star should be like. And I, I seriously can't wrap my mind around it. I, I think it's just like Kanye West told us radio lied to you. I think that it's, it's pumped up numbers for no reason. And for whatever reason, she's the voice they want to give. The popularity I mean, to. yeah, people are willing to spend like 10 grand on a ticket. Yeah, I to see it. her show. I have I a mean, friend who spent six thousand dollars on the tickets to go see her in May, in I think Boston or is somewhere around here. And like, like it's just so mind blowing to me. And I've been saying like, oh, I don't like Taylor Swift for a while now. But when I think about it, I'm not really familiar with any of her new music. Obviously, I know like her older country stuff and some of her like older pop stuff just from you know existing. But I couldn't even name one of her new songs. I don't know. Maybe I would like her, but I just. Well, have no interest in finding her, out, honestly. So I hear her a lot. I mean, it's it's pop. It's not great. But for pop music, it's not bad. And she generally writes it all herself, which is a little I think more that's impressive. Cool. Yeah. No, yeah. and, and I, I have heard that about her before, that she's more involved with, like, management and all sorts of stuff like that. And I think that... I think that's great because most people aren't nowadays. No, they're not, sadly. And I do believe that she's as popular as, you know, she seems to be because I've seen the videos like uh, filling out stadiums, 70,000 people strong stadiums, 70,000 people going to this one concert. But the thing is, and then 70,000 more standing outside because they didn't have tickets. When you're told every day, like, this is the most popular uh, pop star of all time. This is the most, like, there are going to be a bunch of kids that are just like, I like Taylor Swift too because my friends do. It's yeah. not, it's not, I don't think it's organic. I, her music is just not that good. I'm a pop music connoisseur. I don't hate her music so much. It's more her. She's so fake. Like, she was like, oh yeah, I have this country accent. And then she lost it. She's from Pennsylvania. And her country music was honestly better than her music she makes now. And all of her singles are absolutely awful and terrible. So it just doesn't sound logically possible to me to be an organic, like, oh, yeah, we just love her. We just like her. And she's, like, not that much in the, uh, like, she doesn't just, like, go and do things where she's, like, in the public very often. It's just strange to me. It's this thing I think of once in a while, and I'm just, like, it just seems so unorganic, fake, and I don't like it. I don't know enough about pop music or Taylor Swift to weigh in on any of that. But I do know, I was impressed to find out that she simultaneously held all top 10 of the top 10 song spots at, really? at the same time. And that's 
She's that only, hasn't like happened since the Beatles. But I don't even think they, they did that. I think it was just the top five. S- some other artists held the top nine, or had nine of the top ten at one point, but she's the only artist who's ever had all of the top ten. And they were all ten songs from her, wow. her newest album. That's, that's absolutely insane. And I remember when she her previous album released when the not long before the previous Tool album did. Um, Fear Inoculum was the Tool album, and Taylor Swift, of course, had just released an album and it was number one. And then suddenly, this band that almost no one had, well, plenty of people had heard of them, but none of the Swifties had ever heard of, had knocked Taylor Swift out of the number one spot. And of course, it was Tool, and they were like, "Who is this band Tool? And why? Who? No one listens to Tool." It's like, well, "Hey, kid, calm down." Like. Tool is an extremely popular, and that was when yeah. that was around the time I learned that a lot of people thought that Tool was some underground, unknown band. And like, I don't know how you can be a rock musician and think that. And it, it, I, yeah, I mean, Tool's a very popular band, especially if we're talking about rock music. Yeah, it's something you know. I've encountered a few times on the internet, in particular with some of the like Dark Souls is a video game trilogy that's really hard, and other people say you know it's obscure, it's underground, you know, no no one knows about it. It's like, dude, it's sold like eight million copies yeah. recently. What, what are you talking about? It's one of the most so- successful franchises to release this year. I think sometimes if people like some people, if they haven't heard of something, they're like, oh well, no one must. Have- you know, if I, if I don't know about it, then that means no one likes it. And it, I get like, that, no. but this is like the opposite of that, where these people listen to it. They they love Tool, but they thought that Tool was no one else listened to them. And it's like, I don't know how they missed the numbers of like all of Tool's debut albums since like Undertow debuted at you know number one on the Billboard. Or well, I'm happy to hear that they knocked Taylor Swift out of number one. They did indeed, bit. and it was funny. The tweets that were really interesting because Tool writes like 17 minute long songs, yeah, and the Swifties and their three minute long pops. They didn't know how to handle this, and they were like, "This this gives me just looking at this song, this 12 minutes long gives me anxiety." And I got to give them that. Like the song Tempest is like 17 minutes long. Yeah. And someone should have slapped everyone in the band like halfway through. They're like, hey, this, this should have ended five minutes ago. Let's, let's ax this and move on to a new song. See, I don't know, man. I listen to The Grateful Dead, so I listen to like 30-minute long songs. I'm I, like, yes, this Bertha's still going. I could see that with The Grateful Dead. And I used to like Tool doing that. Mm-hmm. But somewhere along the way, it just became, it started to feel masturbatory or, or self-serving or just... Like, we're the ones that do the long songs. Yeah, it's no longer about doing what is right for the song. It's about do making a really long song. Movies yeah. are like that, too. Whenever you're watching a movie and you're like, this, there's no reason that this is two hours. It's like they want to make it a two-hour-long movie yeah. or a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, but there, was no actual, there wasn't actually enough story for that. I don't like that. And this is one of the reasons I like Metallica's album, St. Anger. There's a few reasons why I like the album, St. Anger, believe it or not, but one of them was because that was when they dropped guitar solos. And the reason they did that, as they said, was it felt it felt like it was self-serving. They, yeah. they, they didn't serve the songs anymore. They just felt like they didn't belong. They would just see things and show off. Yeah. And so they just dropped them from the album. And it, it, that in particular worked on St. Anger. And Tool didn't do that. They were like, they're no longer interested in serving what is best for the song. They, they want that song to be 17 minutes long. And it's going to be. And it just, it's tedious and exhausting. Yeah. The song Invincible is probably their best song off their newest album. And like the last five minutes of the song is just them playing this one riff over and over and over. The drums explore and expand a lot, but the bass and the guitar is very, it's a cool sounding riff for like the first 30 seconds. 
But then it goes on for another five minutes. I'm like, guys. Yep, that's when you yeah, switch the song. Next. Yeah, it was fun. But they're on tour again, Tool is. And the albums are already, the tickets are already six, $700. It's mm-hmm. absolutely insane. There is no one that I want to go see badly enough to pay that much for a ticket. Yeah. And the, yep. that's one of the benefits, I guess, of you know the Butcher Babies and more obscure bands being some of the bands that I'm listening to lately because I think I saw, what, what were the Lacuna Coil tickets? It was like Lacuna 30, Coil, 40 yeah. bucks. It was Lacuna Coil, and Butcher Babies. And that was an awesome show. And we got to was. see like five bands. Yeah. I mean, that was really, really awesome. And the same thing with festival tickets. I mean, I just bought festival tickets and I paid less than $300 and I'm going to see at least five big headliners that I'm really excited to see. They're a little bit more obscure like jam bands like yeah. Twiddle and the Disco Biscuits and stuff like that. But I mean, you just get way more value and you get to camp out and hang out in the woods with your friends. So it's just... I am sad that I'm not going to any music festivals this year. The year before last, I went to Louder Than Life. And then this last year, I went to Incarceration. And this year, I probably would have gone to Rockville or something. But Pantera is touring a lot this year. And every every one of the festivals that I've looked at that I may have been interested in going to, Pantera is going to. I just can't. I don't care who else is there. I just cannot give... Those literal Nazis money. Oh, I forgot that they were Nazis. Also, isn't the main guy that everyone likes from then dead? (laughs) Yeah, Dimebag Daryl, their dead guitar player who no one cared about because he wasn't the greatest guitar player of all time until he died. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly, like, oh, we just lost this crazy. Like, dude, he's, first of all, he's really not that good. Second of all, you only cared about him because he died. And, you know, when he was alive and playing music, he was nothing special. But, you know, then he died and, then this this redneck Nazi was the best guitar player of all time, and I just, yeah, I just can't, not with Pantera. But there are other good events going on that I that aren't involving Pantera. But I'm going to be you know in prison when those bands are playing. But I do have a story about Pink Floyd and LSD. Speaking of you know Fork Fest and the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you know psychedelics they tend to make their rounds at these things allegedly, and. The, the myth is that LSD melted Sid Barrett's brain. And that's that's something I want to talk about because the article is about LSD casualties. And of course, it immediately starts talking about Sid Barrett, the former guitar player from Pink Floyd, who everyone knows had his brain melted by LSD, except, you know, that's obviously not what happened. 603-283-6160. If you want to tell us about your Fork Fest plans at 603-283-6160. Talk Live, and you can join us, 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in, that's 603-283-6160, and with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie, and coming up, a story about a Taylor Swift's concerts and Grateful Drag uh, is... Is the name of the band right? Oh no the the name of the band is actually Bertha, but oh. that's their like um, it's their handle on Instagram at least. But I just love that Grateful Drag, like that is so funny. And they're actually a really talented. They're they're pretty good. I've heard a lot of different Grateful Dead cover bands. Some good, some bad, and they're they're pretty good. They're a drag queen Grateful Dead cover band yeah and they That's started cool. the bands to kind of or the yeah they started the bands to protest bands 
in Nashville. So the band oh. is re- recently formed. Yeah. Okay. And they're pretty. They're they're pretty together. I don't know a lot about the Grateful Dead. I've never. They've never been one of the bands that I really listen to. I I can appreciate their music and what they did, and you know the 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 Deadheads and the entire movement they had going on there. Because you know, I, I like that sort of thing. I like it when you know the good musicians or good artists foster a community around themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when they become obnoxious like Tool fans or yeah. like Rick and Morty fans, but the Grateful Dead band fans by and large, they, they seem to have avoided that. Sure, they, there are some who are all elitist about it, but not not that's not my common Grateful Deadhead experience. Nobody actually showed me some Grateful Dead songs, and I don't know if I had ever... I think that the, the one of the ones he showed me like sounded familiar, like I'd heard it in my life, but I'd never listened to them. And I like it. It's so relaxing and like good, like basically like background music. And something about it reminds me of Tom Petty, but like if Tom Petty was had a baby with the Beatles. That's how <laughs> I am with Grateful Dead as well. Like I don't know any of their songs, but I... If you play them, I, I, I will probably recognize a fair bit of them, having heard them at some point. But I've never really been a fan, but we got that coming up, as well as uh, Wizards of the Coast, the company that owns like Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. They're suing themselves. What? Oh, yeah. okay. And, and Dude, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, well, you have to be really incompetent, but it is apparently possible. And it, they're not... It, we'll get into it later, but they they own a company that is suing them, right? And it's it's all very very stupid. It's exactly as stupid as you would expect corporate nonsense to be. But because I'm interested in Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, and I know Bonnie's and likes Magic the Gathering, I wanted to talk about it. Nikki but, has learned to play it now too. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten. Yep. But before we get into that, let's go to the phones because we are a calling show, and of course you can call in and take control of the airwaves. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. But got to remember, like Skeeter out there, you know, there, there are three of us, and we are having a conversation. You don't get to just monologue, but we do welcome an actual conversation with you. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. We have Dave Ridley on the line from here in New Hampshire at RidleyReport dot com. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, folks. Hey, what's uh, so I've never called Free Talk Live to issue a warning. Uh, I'm going to do that today. Um, the uh, uh, you, Have you been following the news about the U.S. military exercises in Europe? I have not. So um, <clears throat> there's a history here uh, of uh, you know, conspiracy theorists, of course, will tell you that military drills or preparedness drills are often associated with attacks yep. something happens like, during the drill even like bombings like sometimes there'll be a bombing <clears throat> uh trial run through like what what would we do how would we react if a bombing happened today then the next I mean, day a real bombing happens 9-11 is the obvious example as while 9-11 was happening they were running drills about what they would do if some airline airliners were hijacked and then you had the i think it was 6-6 the june the 6th bombings in london where something similar happened, where the police were, or the whoever it is that does that in the United Kingdom, they were running a a test to see what they would do if someone was, you know, planting bombs in the subway. And at exactly the time they were doing this, someone just happened to be planting bombs in the subway. So weird. And that that's the part I don't know much about. That's what you hear from conspiracy theorists. I'm going to tell you the part that I do know about as more, as sort of a history buff. The uh, there was a similar exercise in. Um, 
uh, in Western Europe in 1983 called Reforger. And it almost triggered a nuclear war. Uh, this was almost as much the Soviets' fault. Well, it probably was more the Soviets' fault than the Americans. Uh, Yuri Andropov was just paranoid, and he thought Reforger, they were going to invade East Germany, right? <clears throat> and we, we came very close to ending, losing it all in 1983. Uh, this time, of course, we're having these exercises, but there's a much higher level of danger, I think, associated with these exercises than with Reforger. And the, the reason for that is that they're, they're coinciding with uh, the Ukrainians, you know, World War I style offensive. <clears throat> and they, they were timed to coincide. So these exercises are happening right at the same time the Ukraine, Ukrainians are on the march. Uh, that's going to create a, uh, just a whole new level of paranoia in Moscow that they, didn't, they couldn't have had in 1983. So what do, you, what are you saying is likely to happen as a result? Because, I mean, the U.S. military does drills all the time. The Chinese military is always doing drills. The Japanese always doing drills. The Russians as well. So I'm, I'm not surprised to hear about the United States military running drills in Europe. I mean, that's just, this seems to be sort of what they do. But what, what do you think is likely to happen as a result of this? Well, the, the problem with this one is when it's happening and, and what's, what the Ukrainians are doing while it's happening. It just... It set off all my red flags, and I would just say, if you're if you're a prepper, prep a little more this week. If you're well, a survivalist, survivalist a little bit more this week. Can you explain a little bit what the Ukrainians are doing right now? Because I'm not really sure what they're doing, other than like I guess. Oh, to, it's just a, fighting you know, the it's war. Just a, it's an it's an offensive. I don't know the details. Yeah. Uh, I it, I know that they. It sounds like they haven't gotten very much territory out of the offensive, and they have had some significant losses. Again. Don't trust headlines. Trust history. This is going to play out much like World War One did. The Ukrainians, after stop, you know, it's going to play out a lot like the Ukrainians will follow the script that that the British followed in 1915 and the French followed in 1916. They're going to they're going to try they're going to try really hard to gain back this territory, and they're going to put territory in front of lives, and they're going to they're going to lose a lot of people. I think. In, in these fruitless assaults. Yeah, are you talking um, about the fortified territory? The NATO military exercises over Germany? Because that's all I'm seeing <clears throat> no, that's I'm going on in about, Europe right now. No, I'm talking about the Ukrainian offensive. I could be wrong. You know, they they may. I understand, but me. you said the U.S. military is conducting drills in Europe at the same time. So that's one. Uh, Correct. Are, are those drills the ones that are happening over Germany? The the drills are happening in in Western Europe and, and possibly some in Eastern Europe. I don't know exactly where and where in Europe. It's just that the United States is doing a lot of military exercises in Europe. That's that's the only part I know. I'm I'm not finding anything that suggests that's going on. Well, Germany is Western Europe. Most of it is. Most that was of also is, that, uh, that was five days ago. That, that's uh, the only thing I found right now is some military drills over Europe. I'm, I'm looking right now. Uh, not. Yeah, over these Germany are, is all air, I'm seeing. These are air exercises. That's the other thing I know. But again, yeah, I'm not, yeah, that's I'm the not, thing happening over Germany. Um, right. I don't know. It doesn't sound too unusual to me. This is they, they conducted something like twenty thousand exercises. NATO did something like twenty thousand exercises last year. So I'm not hmm. terribly surprised to hear that they're just, I, But do they always happen in Europe? Because one thing I don't think a lot about of is like. People I know that are in the military going to being stationed in Europe. Usually it's like Korea all the time. It's Korea or like some other place in the like Asian area or well, obviously the Middle East. I mean, I've like heard of people being stationed. Of NATO are European countries, right? 
Wait, what? Yeah, ninety percent of NATO are European countries, like Germany, Italy, yeah. the United Kingdom. But I was just asking, like, do they do a lot of training in the, in Europe? Because I'm sure they do plenty of training in the whole world. NATO does, absolutely. And that's one of the other things, here, that this is a NATO operation being conducted over Germany, not necessarily the United States. Hmm. So, I mean, we don't know what American troops are going to be involved in this operation. I tend to think just, like, don't worry about something you have no control about anyway. That's true. Don't. Like- I mean, it's definitely good to be prepared. Um, I'm just, I don't know enough about military happenings to like really be able to weigh in i mean i always try to be prepared you know have enough things stocked and you know whatever but um i don't know of course i don't have the uh, capability right now to like look into this thing it is a giant air force drill according to new york times which you know makes it sound rather large the one in germany mm-hmm. yeah i just hope this doesn't escalate into anything more i mean and i've i've been worried about that the whole time with the war in ukraine I really, really hope it does not escalate into World War Three or any more than it needs to. Well, I don't know. Every, it, it, it seems like that. It seems like that's the only thing that has been happening since February of 2022. It's nothing but escalations. There's never been a single thing I can point to where there was a where there was a significant de-escalation since then. No one seems to know how to do anything other than escalate. Even a small. A token gesture would be very helpful, but no one seems to be thinking that way. The, the thing you can do about it, you're not you're not helpless. Um, Google Shane Connor. Um, he's the, he's America's probably the most interesting and useful person to listen to when it comes to the idea of World War Three and what you can do about it. Um, just okay. Google him, Shane Connor, World War Three, or Shane Connor Nuclear, or something like that. He has a lot of helpful advice on how to get ready. Cool. Well, thank you so much for the call tonight, Dave. I, I for one, don't think that World War Three is going to happen. I, I think if it was going to be triggered by the Ukrainian-Russia thing... I thought it would have already happened yeah. by now. I I got my eyes more on Taiwan and China than anything as like being the catalyst that leads to World War Three. but I, I'm not sure there even will be a World War Three at this point. Or by the time that World War Three is happening, it'll be too late for it to matter that it was World War Three. I don't know. It, it's a, It's a very complex thing. And World War Three, as a term to me, it's it's about as useful and meaningful now as the word Nazi or fascist or something. It's like it's just been it's been talked about and beaten is this dead horse so much that it's unrecognizable and it's it's useless except as to to inflame people and get them incensed about something. Right, and even if you know that you're using the word fascist correctly, if someone else is hearing something else, right, mm-hmm. it's so just the. Definition has been obliterated. Well, I have some uh, relationship advice concerning World War Three. Okay. Be smart like Nikki and I. Date an older man because they won't get drafted. Oh, that's good advice. I wouldn't even have thought of that. Or date a trans person. Well, they, they not, can they won't. not get drafted? I, oh, that's I don't know. A good they, idea. Under Trump, they weren't allowed to serve in the military. I, I want to say Biden hmm. undid that. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly. So. I think I think trans people can serve in the military. They couldn't under Trump. Trump I, I remember that because we yeah. talked about it on the show and I praised Trump. I was like, hey, thank you. You keep trans people out of the military. Thank you. Now keep everyone else out of the military. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be good to go. Right. So I remember that. But I, I, I think Biden undid it. Yep. I think so, because I just did a training at work about military stuff. And um, 
part of it was how like being like the effects of being either a gay person or a trans person in the military. Oh wait, so. I think they can because there's a person that chats in our chat room and they work for the military and they said that there was somebody that got a sex change operation in their military hospital. No, I that's a bad place to do that. I mean, you don't want to like really Tri-care? do anything. Yeah, you don't really want to do anything in a military hospital. It's very um, likely something that they won't kick you out for being trans, but if you are trans, they might not take you. Yeah, like they might have some like, you know, silent discrimination I, type of deal. I'm just going to make sure I can't pass a drug test. Um, well, wait, I, I can't be drafted. I forgot. Also valid. I'm old enough now to not, I think. What, so what is what is the age? Do we know what the age is? I think it's 27 years old. Okay. Anyone over 27, I think. So you can get drafted at 27, but not 28? I think so. Okay, then uh, I'll just make sure I don't pass drug tests. Or... But then, I mean, if they get to a point where they're, you know, drafting the 25-year-olds anyway, then we're screwed. I mean, you know, at that point, mm-hmm. uh, start start plan C. Do they at start at 18? I don't know well, if they actually yes. do or not. So, um, and I think most of the people that sign up for the military are under 20. Hmm. That That checks out. In general, though, if if we reach a point where the voluntary army isn't sufficient, then the United States has lost, and it's time to be implementing a an emergency plan. But I, I don't want to talk about World War III. It's depressing, and there's nothing we can really do about it. I want to talk about this Taylor Swift bathroom thing, because it's sort of related to the trans thing that we got into in regards to the military there, but not really. And this is fascinating. As someone who has been to a lot of concerts and a lot of festivals... I like this story. Now, it's overly wordy at this point. It describes a a male concert, a, a male concert goer going to this Taylor Swift concert and trying to use the bathroom and discovering that oh my god, there's a lot of women in the men's room lines. They're taking over. And it seemed like he would have to wait about 30 minutes just to use the bathroom because there were, you know, his line wasn't just men, it was men and women and the women's line was very long, the men's line was very long and so it's going to take me 30 minutes. And that put him at risk of missing out on the opening songs. So what was he to do? He waited in the back of the immobile line for a few anxious minutes before coming up with a canny, desperate ploy. The girls in front of him might have conquered the men's bathroom, but the urinals were still fair game. <laughs> I'm shocked he had to like sit there pondering yeah. this, right? Like, <laughs> this is an obvious solution. So there's a line, but he was like, I'm cutting the line because you guys can't use urinals anyway? Right. Nice. I mean, haven't <laughs> you seen Step Brothers? Oh, it's there's a scene where the woman uh, pees in the urinal. <laughs> and okay. it's, she's a very it's, trashy I mean, woman. It's if it works. pretty hilarious. I don't I, I don't mean, think it would work. I, th- I think about that scene all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that would work. I, I don't know. I you got to get a shiwi. So. A what? A shiwi? Like know. a is funnel. A, yeah. Okay. It's like a device. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, so he says, I moved past all the women in line telling them that I was going for the urinal, which is fair. Americans, more than anyone else, they hate Cutting in lines, as mm. I understand it, which is good because I, I hate it too. Yeah, I would hate if someone did that. To so me. he was not trying to, you know, cut ahead of people deliberately. I, I, he, I, I can use this thing that you can't use, so I'm going on ahead. He said when he exited, two other men were also skipping the line to do the same thing, and none of them were getting any complaints. He was back at his seat within two minutes. Whoa. Okay, that that's impressive. It is. But I mean, this is also a, a Taylor Swift concert where like, I'm shocked that any male who wasn't gay went to see Taylor Swift. Or like someone's boyfriend or something. Oh, lots of so gay guys I actually, like I saw an article about 
people wearing diapers to yes. Taylor yeah. Swift shows yes. just so they wouldn't miss a second of it. And that is... I would just not drink anything if I was going yeah. to like my favorite artist's I don't know, unless it was like a f- outdoor festival where it's easy to get to the bathroom. I don't know. There'd be just, no way I would miss I mean, a second just, of like Lady Gaga. There's a strategy to this, right? And I say this as someone who's who's been in the pit at a number of metal shows and festivals where like after about four o'clock in the afternoon, you're not coming out of there. And if you are, you're not making your way back to the front. So you've got to plan your drinking and your bathroom trips throughout the day so that once that... Once that time hits where like the final band is coming on, you're not distracted. You don't need to go off to go use the bathroom. You you stopped drinking three hours ago. You're good to go. It's I don't know why an adult is having these sorts of problems with scheduling themselves. I don't know. I, j- I never think about that when I'm at shows or concerts. But I guess normally I go like... I, but I I've also never waited in the in line for like an hour to use the restroom before. I've so. only been to one concert that had these sort of lines at the at the bathroom, and that was the In This Moment concert uh, in somewhere in Massachusetts. I don't remember where, but it had like six different opening acts, and it was a very long show. But that was the only time I ever saw legitimate lines to the restrooms, and I, I could see it then, but. I've never encountered it anywhere else. Well, maybe there's like 10 people in front of you. I saw, okay, yeah, like 10 people. That sounds normal. I saw Dion Twerd in uh, Utah and I had to wait in a line and I was, I remember being like, oh no, I don't want to miss like the only song I really like by them, but I didn't. But so, yeah, not, I don't know how many people they're saying, like a hundred? Well, probably more than that, right? Because oh. these concerts that Taylor Swift's putting on have like 60, 70,000 people attending them. And I don't know how many bathrooms these stadiums tend to have, but if they're actually full, and everyone's going to try to go to the bathroom at the same time. Yeah, separate. Right? Yeah. yeah, before Taylor Swift comes on, mm-hmm. or after the opening acts, or right when the opening acts are coming to an end, everyone's going to try to go at the same time, and that's going to create you know problems. And they probably don't have enough bathrooms to really fit that. Yeah, I don't people. know. And in the rodeo in San Antonio. What is that? Oh my god, I can't remember what the like Coliseum is called. I can't remember it right now, like the Alamo Dome or something. But um, anyways, those are there's so many restrooms in there, like the rodeo in San Antonio, and it's always like a wait, and it's annoying, but it's not like a hundred people. I mean, and let's not pretend like you can't hear the music from the bathroom. Typically, it's True. not enough. Yeah, you're not going to be able to have your eyes on. Well, I mean, these these no? people don't want to blink. When Taylor Swift's up there. I don't understand it. So I heard that people were paying like $1,000 or more for tickets that had zero visibility. Like you can't even see the stage. You're you're behind the stage or behind, you know, behind. Just watch it on YouTube. Yeah. But they want to say that they were there. They want to be in the same room as her, I guess. They like literally people just want to say that they went to a show. So they don't care what seats they have or like that was the best they could get. And they were so desperate. That I mean, they I were... get that. I, I do get that. Like if I wanted to really go see someone and you know, I could only get I'm not spending a thousand dollars for terrible tickets. If it was a once in a lifetime opportunity, possibly. Like I if, won't if even it was spend a thousand dollars for pit tickets. If it was a perfect circle of doing a reunion tour and they're like, hey guys, this is it. After this, we're all going our separate ways. We're never touring again. Okay, yeah, I'd pay a thousand dollars for crappy tickets. Well, but that that would be a rare event. I um, 
the the thing I think of every time I hear Taylor Swift's name, I don't know why, is I read one time that in her like mansion in uh, Nashville, it might be like a, a big old condo or something. But anyways, she has a giant bird cage like a human can go into, and I'm always like, what does she use that for? I don't want to know. Right? <laughs> like rich I want to pe- know. Rich people are weird, man. It's I, really I weird. The the richer they are, the weirder they are, and yeah. she's, she's pretty rich. Yeah. So the bathrooms have become a bizarre battleground on the Eros Trail, and the Swifties are restless and organized. Taylor fans are across the country are giddily conquering men's bathrooms. I, I, I don't even know why they're painting in this light, making it clear to the assembled dudes that they have no power there. It's painting this. These people using the bathroom as some sort of battle of the sexes. Yeah. Of course, this is from Slate, but it's insane how much perspective they lost about people trying to do this thing that their bodies require them to do. Yeah. I didn't want to walk all the way across the courthouse last time uh, that we were there for your sentencing. And Ian was going into the men's room, so I just walked into the men's room with him him and Pete in there. I was going to wait for him, but I could tell that a guy that came in to use the urinal was like, looking at me like why is she here so i don't want to make him uncomfortable so i walked out then but yeah i have used men's rooms plenty of times i know i think it's so funny that people care because there yeah. was that whole like debate about trans people using the bathroom it and is it's weird like, man can't can't like this is just a normal bodily function we all have to do never felt like i was like gonna get raped no no i prefer using the women's room because that, that tends to just create less problems for me but i'm gonna yeah, use absolutely. whichever one is open and whichever one is the most convenient. If there's a line for the women's room, yeah, I'm popping into the men's room. Or if there's a line at the men's room, I'm going to the women's room. And I, that, to me, seems like a normal thing that anyone and everyone should do. Yeah. I don't know what the big deal is, but they apparently think there is one. And I've got a. You get lost here in a bunch of parenthetical statements and more parentheses. Anyway, two girls. Good Lord. I don't know even, I can't even begin to pick this paragraph apart while I'm trying to do it, and most of it's irrelevant. So, anyway, on Twitter, a journalist named Stefan Stevenson, boy, that, his parents hated him, captured a video starring a man standing at the precipice of a designated male bathroom. A bunch of women stood inside, dressed to the nines in iridescent sequins. They looked like they were going to a Taylor Swift concert, yeah. basically. I, I've seen how my friends dress when they go to Taylor Swift concerts as like... If you, how you would dress for a bachelorette party in Nashville is how you dress for a Taylor Swift concert. I don't know why, but but when you before you even described, I thought sequins. Yeah, that's just what they do. I don't know why they do mm-hmm. it. Well, she always wears uh, like a gold sequin dress. I I don't know if she always does, but it's like an iconic thing of hers. They described this as an assault. Another user named Aubrey assisted in the assault on a men's bathroom in Boston's Gillette Stadium in mid-May. Like. She went into the men's room to use the bathroom, and you're describing it like she, like Iwo Jima, man. Can you relax? Two girls in Atlanta were less fortunate. Both claimed that they got ejected from the show after commandeering the really? male stalls, which, if true, wow. is a huge overreaction by the staff. I don't, I don't believe that. But it is Atlanta. Well, then again, I don't know Atlanta that well, but I just would assume that Georgia might be weird about stuff like that. I mean, it's not North Carolina where they were famous for having the drag bands in bathrooms or whatever. I meant to say trans bands in bathrooms. I just don't... You know, I've been to a lot of concerts and I can't think of seeing any security guards who would have cared about this sort of thing. That's just not what they're paid to do. And yeah, they're worried about people, like, you know, sneaking in alcohol and doing drugs. Yeah, not so what bathroom you use. If these two girls were kicked out of the bathroom, my gut feeling oh, tells show. me they were doing something in there that they weren't supposed to. 603-283-6160. 
is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, 603-283-6160, if you want to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki, and we're talking about the bathroom wars. Uh, apparently, I'm, I'm just shocked. I, I like talking about the issue in music concerts in general, and I think the issue or the non-issue of what's happening at the bathrooms at Taylor Swift concerts is is a good thing for people to talk about in light of all of the trans controversies going around about about this obsession the United States is having about these people who represent like 0.1% of the population. But the slate here is painting it as this this weird battle of the sexist sort of thing. This is like women conquered the men's room or whatever. And this is, okay, well... The insurrection on the men's restroom. If we're going to paint it in those terms, then like paint it in the opposite terms. We're like the men invaded the women's space, right? Like, and how would Slate be reacting to it then? Like the the way they're portraying this is problematic itself because this mm-hmm. is this is li- they're making it out to be like this great big huge. They use the word assault. Yes, they did use the word assault, and that's just. I mean, that's really bad. And it it's. It hurts the trans argument, the trans bathroom argument, because part of our argument is that, look, guys, it's not a big deal. People are just trying to pee. That's it. It's not worth fighting about. It's not worth getting worked up about. And here's Slate with this this bathroom war, as they're describing it, <laughs> even though they're coming from the right place and they make some good observations. They they are painting it in a way that's, that's simply weird, but... We do have a caller on the line, 603-283-6160, if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. Have you ever seen this at one of the concerts, for example? Because I certainly have, and I would like to. I would like your thoughts, 603-283-6160. But we have Skeeter on the line from California. Skeeter, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I kind of wanted to. Um, oh, before I forget, um, when's the next? When does uh, Richie Rich appear on the show? Does he Sundays. Regularly? Yeah, he's here every okay. Sunday. There's one um, one weekend a month that he's not able to come, but typically he's here on Sundays. Is he uh, going to be on this weekend? We don't know. Uh, we may be doing a Fork Fest episode this weekend. Okay. Okay. Anyways, um, hey Bonnie. Hi. Hey. Yeah, I just want to, you know, I don't want to like start off on the wrong foot and stuff. <laughs> you know? So um, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, I wanted to like address, you know, apply some. I, I wanted to bring back the topic of rights, and you know, I, I hear like uh, you guys are facing, uh, Arya and Ian are facing prison time. I'm going to prison, probably... like in, in less than two weeks. I will be in two weeks from now. I will literally be in federal prison. Yeah. Oh, you guys were sentenced already. I was. Okay. Yeah, so like, um, as far as the application of rights are concerned in this case, like, uh, you, uh, I assume like one of you guys, uh, I'm seeing one of the crimes is tax evasion, maybe something I, voluntary. I'm just trying to get a. I, I don't w- know what your crimes were. Really. Well, you could ask. Crypto. I, I was charged that. with the opera, with I was convicted. Well, I pled guilty to operating an unlicensed money transmitting business. Okay, so that's like a voluntary uh, act, right? What do you mean voluntary in, act? What? In in your you're just com- you're just doing a voluntary act, right? In your in your eyes, it's not a crime. In your in the libertarian, you know, voluntary is it's not a crime. Well, there was right? no victim. Yeah, 
it's a victimless act, which is voluntary, which means it's in accordance with the NAP, meaning you have rights, right? Why don't you just invoke your rights and tell them about your natural rights? Because these Dude, are, are you okay. What, these are bullies that don't listen. Was that supposed to be a gotcha? Was that an argument? What the hell was that? No, no, yeah, no. It's 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 kind of directed at Bonnie, to be honest, with her arguments that when I was uh, hung up on. So okay. So you you in like, you so, interpreted what I said to I mean, mean was, that if you was, just tell was, the government that you have rights, they'll listen to them because that's not what I ever said. That government is an institution no. that is yeah. made to infringe on your rights and nothing else. <clears throat> They're not here to protect you. They. You have rights. You have natural rights. Everyone does. We all have the same ones. And whether the government is infringing on them or not doesn't change that. If a bully comes and makes somebody, a little kid, give him his lunch money, it doesn't mean that it was right. It just means that they used force and took the lunch money from the kid. That's not a fair representation yeah, of uh, government. They, they, uh, they that's do a great representation. Rights, right? But oh, you're saying they don't protect some rights? No, they don't. All they they don't don't none. If they do, it's on accident. None. It's an ancillary uh, excuse for the actual thing they were doing. And um, they whenever they whatever well, they like do do the that's good. Actually... Other people yeah. could actually do it a lot better because you don't understand incentives. If somebody, yeah, I I, I never said that they they're the most efficient at pro, uh, protecting a, a particular right, but they do they do protect some rights. Like, like, like give an example of a time that happened. Crime, right. They do stop some involuntary crime, right? Involuntary crime? I, I hate when you just use words because you think it makes you sound like you're making sense. <laughs> I, just, I mean, what I'm does that even it's, mean? It's, a, it's not a fair representation of government. They, so, like you guys like you guys keep saying taxation. No, I asked you a question. That's Give me that's... an example of a time that, it, that you know of right. in the real world, not an, a hypothetical, where the government protected someone's rights. Whether yourself or someone I don't else, know. like like I don't keep up with crime. Like they stop a crime. Well, you, stop a crime, well, you like can't a just say I don't know robbery. because you asked Bonnie. <laughs> you know, Hold on, dude. Hold on, Skeeter. Because you asked Bonnie a question. Yeah, ask me a question. Why don't you let me answer? Because I can put you. Because I have the power to put you on hold while I talk. Bonnie, you asked Bonnie a question. Bonnie answered, and at the end of her answer, she asked you a question. Now you've answered that with I don't know, which is fine. It's fine to say I don't know. But then roll with that and don't just say, well, my definition of government is right because I'm the one who said so when you literally cannot dispute what Bonnie just said and you can't uh, provide any examples of how she's wrong. Also, he had said that the government does protect some rights. And I just asked him for an example of it. So that's what I'm saying. He said, said, I don't know. Right. And then he was like, I don't don't keep track of current events, whatever. You can't do that, man. Go ahead, Skeeter. Yeah. Please stop straw manning me. I never said, like I said, I didn't know, but I, I... like you're asking for a, like a, a specific current event example. Like there's it doesn't have to be current, just news, any right? example. She's asking for you to substantiate like, like what you robbery, said, there's man. Some robbery they stopped, right? There's some. There's a robbery they stopped. I'm sure somewhere, right? Probably not. You agree with that? The police no, I don't, don't typically agree with that. prevent any sort of yeah. violent acts. Stopping stop robbery. Robbery in progress. You no, no they show up after the attack to write a, a burglary. No, so no. Progress. So this there's is the thing with Skeeter, man, if you don't stop asking questions and then talking over the answers, I'm going to hang up on you. Ask your question and then wait for your answer, dude. So typically with the police, they arrive at crime scenes long after the crime has already been committed. Maybe there has been a case where um, a police officer has just caught in the act, like, you know, someone being assaulted or someone being stolen from. 
But that's typically not the case. Like, I'm sure it is possible that somewhere out there, a police officer has done a good thing (laughs) that helped somebody. But that's just typically not the case. And it doesn't seem like all of the bad they do and all of the harm that they cause people is a good enough excuse to even, you know... To, to keep the institution in place that is harming so many people. It, it would be done a lot better by some sort of private security organization that had a legitimate incentive to do a good job. Yeah, uh, so private security or me, myself, without the government's intrusion in my life, making it to where I can't own a gun, we, me, myself, or a security company that I hired would do a better job at protecting my rights than uh, the government has, even if you could give me like 10 examples of the government protecting people's rights, which you can't. You can't give us one. Am I on? Am I on mute? I don't know if I'm mute. No, you're, you're still on the air. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So um, I never said any different. I was just, I, look, I'm, I'm, an anarch- I'm an anarchist, right? I'm just a market anarchist, so I argue rationally in terms of inefficiency of government, right? No, you, you said you're against the mar- free market, right? Jeez, uh, can I talk? You're talking. You, you can't just, just monologue. You said Why a sentence that was over, and I started saying something. You, I, it wasn't over. Just because, okay, I'll see okay, what I'm chill done, right? She was just, just asking short, you for clarification. You hey, respond, dude, right? she was just asking you for clarification on your position. Like what, I have you, to not talk? She interrupted me. You, no, I didn't. You your for, sentence was literally this over. This is how you have a Jesus conversation. Christ. She interrupted you to ask you for clarification about what you said you were, man. I don't even call, consider it interrupting, considering his sentence end, and then he just started going on to another one. Do I have to just let him talk for 30 minutes and be like, well, he's not done yet? No. I, I don't think so. And that, that's generally, like, we can't put dead air out there, and that's generally how the show works. Like, we have to constantly interrupt one another, and we, we try to find a good spot but to interrupt. But that's a conversation. But, right, and that, it's not the... It's not ideal, but that's how English-speaking people have conversations. But she was literally just asking you for clarification on what you said you were, man. That's it. And, but you got to, like, check her. I mean, when she interrupts me. Like, no, I we don't have to do me. anything. But, okay. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so now, now I, I, man, I lost my train of thought because I'm so agitated. So okay, you said so you were a market I, I, I anarchist? Never, you guys keep... Wait, 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 wait. I'll see you when I'm done, okay? When, when no, you I won't. Have a good no, night. No, yeah. I, I was trying to help you out, buddy, because you couldn't keep Remember, your train yeah. of thought, and I was reminding you where you were, you know, like sometimes you do when you have a conversation. That's and he exactly did the what same you were doing, thing. but he wouldn't let you speak. He got worked up about the, how yeah. dare you open your mouth and say something? And he did the same thing Sunday where Richie Rich did the same thing that Bonnie did where it's like, okay, you just kind of cut in and, you know, ask for clarification or whatever, like just having a normal conversation, and he explodes and freaks out and it's like, dude, take a deep breath and, you know, chill out. The thing out. is, uh, Monday, he had said that I'm a market anarchist, but I didn't say free market, and I, I just wanted clarification on that. And the, and the thing is, we can't have a conversation when he's just saying things, and he clearly doesn't know what words mean when they come out of his mouth at all. So we could be talking about something totally different if I don't ask him to explain what he means by a thing. Skater dude, ultimately, what you're looking for is a text debate. That's what you're looking for. You're not looking to have a conversation. That's fine, right? Conversations aren't the best things for every every scenario. But a text discussion, you lay out everything you want to say. And then the other person lays out everything what they want to say. There's no interruption. You say your case. They say their case. You respond. They respond. And it's in text. And there's no interruption. That's what you're looking for, man. He would be a great candidate for the, um, the on-air chat. 
Yeah, but you're he would have to... so much fun with those people. No, I would ban him from the on air on air now chat. But you're trying to take that format and put it on a radio show, yeah. and like this isn't a debate show where we're going to give you nine minutes and then have a three minute rebuttal. That's just <laughs> not what's going to happen here. If you want that, we can do that. Not on the show. But you, you can tweet us and argue with us, or you can join the Matrix server and argue with us in text form, or even email us and argue with us. But as far as doing that and thinking it's a conversation, it's not going to happen. And when, when we interrupt you to ask you simple questions like a clarification on your position, or Nikki trying to helpfully remind you with the train of thought that you yourself have said you lost and you start freaking out because how dare she yeah. open her mouth this and listen i crazy. even i mean this guy calls in every day and he's always really rude and crazy and i try my best to be nice and you know but yeah it's and it's always the same topic it's tricky it's like when sarah calls three times in a row and she's like i want to talk about eucalyptus essential oil ian will just tell her uh that's boring Think up a new topic, Sarah. I can't do the same topics all the time. And then she she actually, to her credit, will call back and be like, okay, I got something else yep. and talk yeah. about something else. Because she just wants to be on the radio, right? And I get it. And we'll put her on the radio. Sarah is like almost an, an ideal caller, honestly. She never like <laughs> wants to monologue and go off. She uh, uh, like answers questions. I don't know. Sarah's we great. Do- I love Sarah, honestly. Yeah, we disagree with her on almost every point. <laughs> But I like, I like Sarah, Sarah. But she's beating the whole traffic thing a lot lately, yeah. the pedestrian stuff a lot lately. And like last night, I, I was hoping that she was going to have something different. And like, Ian could watch the soul leave my body. And she's like, <laughs> yes, we're very excited about these new traffic we, cameras. I was like, oh. we're very Still? excited. Yes. <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> I've got good news. They're putting in another red light camera or whatever. It's just totally crazy. But yeah. Just going to get axed down in a couple days. We do. And I mean, he's, it's, it's also sort of problematic in that, you know, he, um, Skeeter is rehashing. He, he's trying to get back into a discussion that started like two weeks ago at this point. Yeah. And when he wanted to do it last week, I refused to because he wanted to have an argument about what the word aggression means. And I'm, I'm sorry, man, having a debate on the etymology of the word aggression is not good radio. No, I'm not going to put that out there. If you want to find a a, a word history podcast, an etymology podcast, and listen to that, you go right ahead. Hot for words. She's awesome. I'm not, I wish I could say I'm surprised that there is one. She's like a really sexy uh, Russian, and her name is Marina Hot for Words. Okay. And she tells you the etymology of all kinds of words. Oh, cool. I'm going to check her out. Yeah. So, so check that out, right? But I, I don't care what the definition is. I, to me, definitions are relevant now, and I, and now you want to argue about rights and why? Why you? I'm so confused. Why you wanted to argue with Bonnie about my prison sentence and the <laughs> rights? Right. I'm just so confused by the whole thing because you asked about prison and blah blah blah, and he's like, and "This is mostly about Bonnie, by the way." Listen, Even though what? Bonnie is yeah, <laughs> and has Monday, nothing to he do said, with this. Monday, he it was me, Mark, and Ian, and he said. At the beginning of his call, he said it. So the first thing is, I'd kind of like Bonnie to sit this one out. And I was like, no. And it turned into, it was worse than the first time he called that I went off on him. I just like, how are you going to call into my radio show and tell me I'm not allowed to talk? (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely bizarre. Not my own radio show, but the radio show that I'm a part of. Yeah, you're co-hosting right now. And then tell me, well, I don't want Bonnie to talk right now. Well, (laughs) call a different radio show. See, the sad thing is I do try to sit out a lot of these calls because I, I get where they're coming from. It's not fair to feel like there's three against one. So I generally just, 
I often try to just sort of referee things unless I feel like there's something that I need to say to defend myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even get the opportunity there because there, 90% <laughs> of that call was about him being upset that someone else was speaking. Are you are you going to let me? Are you going to let me talk? Like that just every that single day takes like I don't know 2 minutes like if you put it all together that that was like 2 minutes of his call. Yeah. And that's just why I kept putting it on hold because like if we will let you talk clearly, but if we need clarification or something you got to allow us to get that. But we have other callers on the line. We have Ricky on the line from Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you there, Sister Aria. Sister Nikki, Miss Bonnet, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, and I'm going to briefly, I heard this right stuff. Now, I'm going to briefly tell a little story about the way things used to be here in PA and also what I did as a result. See, it kind of was like this. In 1979, in the house, the stuff started with called the FFL. Now, throughout my childhood growing up, things were very different in PA. At that time, Things were as they should be. You know, anybody could get a gun. I'll give an example. You could be a felon. You could be a domestic abuser. You could be crazy. You could be a youth. Good example. When I was a kid growing up, all I would have had to do if I wanted it then, but I didn't need it because I had toy colts and a holster. And there were plenty of other guns around for other purposes, you know? But I could have just walked down to the end of the block where the gun shop was, and when in with my old man, he was said to the gun shop owner, hey, my son liked to buy a gun. I said, hey, that Colt 45 over there. And, you know, he said, pick it out, check it out, grab a holster, maybe some shells. We brought, go back home. Here's what's happened. See, That's how it is in New street. Hampshire right now as well, isn't it? Like, if you have no. a New Hampshire You can't ID, be a felon, right? right. Other than a felon. Well, thing. I don't think you can, you're not going to be able to be a felon. You're not, all the FFL stuff's going to apply. But you know how that changed? Over time, it took a long time to creep in. See, we are an association, but that's not good enough. I want to blow it away, not only for this reason, but others. Because what happened is it was originally optional quote. And I'm sure they sugarcoated it, and some people took it, then some more. And after a while, it took control. And now, even to this day, if you're a private dealer, if you got the guts, you don't have to do background checks, none of that stuff here. But, you know, very rarely you see that occasion at gun shows. But you know what I did? Here's my answer. I did get my Colt. In 2017, I had a Colt. Everybody on the show knew it. A Colt 45. Two zigzags, baby, that's what you need. Well, that's right. That's right. A 250-grain cartridge, one pot. That's all you need. But here's my answer. You know, I was known as this particular dress. I wore a wide brim hat, a long black duster, dressed all in black from head to toe with a so six-year-old like undertaker jacket. Huh? So you look like the Undertaker? Almost, except I had to wear a Southern Cross around my back everywhere because I was campaigning. But you know what I did with my forty-five? And I oh, say to people, do this on, on at your own risk. You carried one on your back. A Southern Cross. He said he was wearing a Southern Cross. Isn't that the um, the flag? The Confederate flag, no doubt. Everywhere I went. Now, here's what I did. Now, do this at your own risk. (laughs) I'm just trying to picture the Undertaker walking around with like a Confederate Confederate cape waving in the wind behind him. Well, here's what I did. I took my 45, and I did. It was a good job, too. Because you know what I did? Now, do it at your own risk. I had my serial number removed and my barrel removed. 
Now, that was my choice. And then I'll tell you something else I never got, a carry permit. Because that's unconstitutional, too. Did I open carry? Sure. But I wore that long coat. Was it under there occasionally? No doubt. But you know what? That's on protest. Because I will tell you this, it violates our Section 21. Now, some people may believe this doesn't count. Now, I'm going to tell you something real quick on this. Now, it does say the people have the right to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state that shall not be questioned. Now, some people wonder, does that matter? Now, I promised Brother Ian, and I will in the future. I disappeared in 2018. That's why. Not because of what I did. It was something else. They picked me yeah. up, and they were going to make me an example out of me and fling me away for 20 years. Why? So saying stuff like I did just now on that show, amongst other things. You yeah, know that's awful, man. But, like, you know, you mentioned the Constitution there or something that was Section like the 21? Constitution. Well, yes. You know how I, I assume. Them? I mean, I'm, that's I'm, all well and good, right? But the Constitution. The Consti- Dude, we let you go on for, like, a really long time just now. The Constitution is not what gives us rights. But right. wait a minute, Aria. Because- Aria, hold on. I was in court, and after two years, and I was in jail for eight months, and I was stuck in limbo. Eventually, after two years, I got back into court. Now, I'm not going to – I will say – He doesn't want to have a – he just wants to keep telling his story. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Rick. And he, he just wants to keep yeah. telling his story and not respond to what I actually yeah. – and not have an actual conversation. And I thought we might actually get to be, have, like, a sort of inf- entertaining – conversation about rights if he was open to it because that's a great uh topic to i mean great way to open the topic if if skeeter really wanted to have a conversation about rights then i you know it'd be interesting to see what he would respond to you saying the constitution doesn't give us rights but these people don't want to have conversations they already have opinions they want to showcase their opinions to someone so they call the radio it's called and, and thank you for the call tonight, Rick. I do appreciate the call. It was a good call and it was a good story. And But like, I don't, I don't want to just hear you tell me a story, right? I, I want to have a conversation. And I think that's reasonable. So when I ask you a question or when I counter something you said by pointing out that the Constitution doesn't give us rights, I would like it if you responded to that instead of just going, okay, and continuing on with your story. But 603-283-6160, if you want to have a conversation, there's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, that's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. That's short for digital cash. It's a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Last year, Dash launched the killer app called... um, we actually is the Dash, Dash Direct. I was looking for it on here. It's called Dash Direct, and it allows you to spend Dash at over 155,000 locations across the United States, including major retailers. And you can get a discount for paying in Dash, which gives you a reason to actually spend your crypto. Again, it's Dash Direct. You can find it on the Apple or Android app stores. And the stores on Dash Direct each offer their own discount level, but some are as high as 8 or 9%. But usually you can expect 3 or 4%, something like that. But still, it's a discount to use Dash. It's one of the oldest cryptocurrencies, and it's available widely 
on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and it's easy to use. And it's, it's cheap to use. It's actually usable, unlike Bitcoin, which is, you know, last I heard it was like $5 fees to send a transaction and just completely unacceptable. But Dash doesn't have those problems. I want to say thank you to the Dash DAO, that's the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Again, that's Dash.org. Now, we're talking here about concerts and the the battle of the sexes over the, the bathrooms at music concerts. It's all very peculiar, but I think it's a good thing to talk about because gender neutral bathrooms work just fine. And everyone has one, at least one, in their house. Yep. And no one ever, no one ever gets raped or, or assaulted or whatever. It works just fine. And I didn't even think about this until another libertarian had pointed out to me. I, I had written some article about how ridiculous the bathroom thing was, and he pointed out, you know, gender-neutral bathrooms work just fine. Everyone has one in their homes, and none of them are segregated, and it works just fine. And obviously, the distinction there is that these are all one one person at a time bathrooms yeah. for the most part. But like, is there any real good reason why we have large multi bathrooms instead of many small I bathrooms? Mean, is it that sort I of? I mean, what- it's probably cheaper, and I get at like larger venues and stuff like that. Like, it is probably a little bit more practical to have. But then, stalls. What I was getting at was that's that's effectively what stalls are. They give you your mm. own private little bathroom. The problem in the United mm. States is that the stall, stall stall walls and doors don't go all the way up and down. Yeah, yeah that's which is something crazy. I heard it isn't like that in Europe. But I was like, that honestly I hadn't really, really thought about it. But it's just like individual rooms, basically, which is kind of weird because they're more sexually open, but they have better privacy in their bathrooms. Yeah, I, I would if you know why. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I would love to know what the rationale is. It can't just be that they're trying to save material costs, mm-hmm. right? Because that's absurd. Man, I I wouldn't put it past America because all uh, public bathrooms are made of like plastic, and uh, it, like brick would obviously be way more expensive. But you might get some discomfort going on if the if the stalls had multiple people in them. But again, that they're one person per stall, just like in your house, it's one bathroom per one person per bathroom, and it works just fine. Have you guys ever had a situation where somebody freaked out about someone of some gender in some bathroom? Because I have had one. I have, yeah. Uh, It was at incarceration last year. I came out of the women's room because we were in the VIP area, which gave us our own VIP bathrooms, not our own, but the VIP area had its own bathrooms, and there were a lot of them, and they were nicer. I came out of one and I went to go hang out with one of my friends and this woman standing beside us goes, that person just came out of the women's room. Hmm. And that was the like a heavy metal concert. Yeah. Right. Like Like, not church or something. Yeah. At at a heavy metal music festival. Lady, do you know where you are? Because like everyone who just performed is like okay with trans people and everyone out there in the crowd is like you can't get more accepting I mean, and tolerant than metal music dang i've been to music festivals where people were having sex in the porta potties yeah like and oh, we're worried about why wouldn't you just have sex on the ground at that point i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. that's disgusting i yep. had somebody offer me that once i was like nah i'm, <laughs> no. I'm good See, I, what good. if it Don't fell over it. 
and then you're in there. I, I'm always so, thinking about power to party. No, that's falling my over. worst fear. Yeah. I don't want to be in there to use what it's designed for. Yeah. yeah. Much less for any other reason. They're, they're disgusting and yeah. gross, and they're awful. Well, and it's and then when it's hot on top of it, yeah. no, 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 that's the worst idea. No, I do not want to do that. No, I'll meet you in the woods and get kidnapped by hillbillies before I do that. No, thank you. Well, crazy. The only experience I had like that is so, so stupid. Uh, me and my friend who, he was my best friend. We had the same birthday and he's gay, completely gay. And he's about like an inch taller than me um, in Texas. We went to a bar and we were incredibly drunk, drunk. We went to this street of bars. It was like not the first bar we had been to. We were incredibly drunk and we were playing pool and we both had to pee. So he just followed me and we we're both like having conversations. So I was like, just come to the women's bathroom with me. It was just me and him in there for a while. And then these drunk chicks walked in and uh they were like he can't be in here he can't be in here and all this stuff and i was like he's gay seriously what do you think is gonna happen <laughs> like th- that he's gonna look at you for one thing like uh, that he's gonna look at you and like get something out of it or and he definitely wasn't gonna assault them he was like smaller than these women plus there are stalls right they're not gonna be yeah, vulnerable yeah. out there in the i don't understand. i i really think that the whole bathroom freak out thing it, it's more about gay people and lesbians right? when it, at the end of the day than it is about anything else. Because yeah. their concern is that someone who's attracted to them could be using the same bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure that's anyone's actually concern. I think it's I've just a lot of... I've never thought about that. I mean, not that I would be mad about it, but I've never even thought, like, there could be a lesbian using the bathroom at the same time as me. Like, I would never... That would never cross my mind. Never has. But I think that's what it's... it's well, I... It's, it's also kind of narcissistic. Like it's, yeah. it kind. Of, I feel like it makes you a narcissist to think that everyone wants to sleep with you or sexually assault you. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Like, oh, I can't use the bathroom with this other person because they totally want me. Mm-mm. No, they don't. They're just here to pee, like everybody else. It is very pretty clear. I think it's a lot of white knighting. I think what it's really about is a lot of white knighting because they never have an issue with a trans man using the men's room. Right. That that's never what they have the issue with. They don't have the issue with a person who was born female at birth, but now has a, a beard and whatever using the men's room. They don't care about that. They're not worried about anyone, anyone doing anything weird in the men's room. It's always in the other direction. They're worried about yeah. the trans women doing something women. It's because recently on Twitter, and I had never really thought about this until this guy said this, but he, he said something to the effect of that his issue with the whole trans thing is just this new world order plot to make men weak and effeminate so they oh don't resist gosh. the government and so that they just obey or whatever. I was like, you know, man, really, this says a whole lot more about what you think about women than yep. anything else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, all the women I know are scary, dude. And like, <laughs> They're the ones who like lead the charge in disobeying and stuff. And no part of being feminine or masculine or whatever leads them to be more likely to disobey or whatever. But you, you think that women are meek and submissive and will obey. And that's your issue with trans people is that it's taking these big, strong, manly men and turning them into obedient women. And I, man, it's you're, you're playing your, all your cards here and I don't think you realize it. But your your issue isn't with trans people at all. You're you're just a misogynist. Mm-hmm. I and think you, very well said. And you don't have any actual respect for women. But in my experience, the the gender of the people has nothing to do with their willingness to obey or submit. Every by and large, most people out there in society submit to, to the orders of the king. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if they're male or female. So I don't think it's men or women that are meek and submissive. And 
I think they're just misogynist when they when they play that card. They think that women in the, in the women's room they're weak and they need they need protection from the men. They need to keep the the big strong manly men out of there. And it's like, well, which is it? Is it making them weak and effeminate and unable to to attack and conquer others? Or mm-hmm. I mean, what's and their arguments don't make rational sense, and I'm trying to make them make rational sense, but they just don't. At the end of the day, the only rational take on it is that they're just misogynists. Seems like it. Because, like, at the, at the all people are trying to do is use the bathroom. And that's what frustrates me about this article here. This year on the Eras Tour, when I needed to use the bathroom, I walked over to the men's room sign only to find a very long line of women complained Wickman and I don't know if Wickman is a male or female I'm assuming it was a male the, the name is Forrest Taylor so. Swift's uh sorry Taylor Swift's concert is called the Arrows tour Arrows oh Arrows Arrows like oh. of her career I think is where it comes from but this person is named Forrest Wickman and they don't specify whether this person is male or female yeah that's a boy I would or a assume- girl name I would assume it would be a male if they're ah, complaining about is. girls in the bath in the men's line. He says, "Me and my fellow male concert goers sheepishly stood at the urinals, worrying that we were the intruders." Like, well, why, why, why did you sheepishly stand at the urinals? Like, I, I, I don't understand how these people are viewing the bathroom in these terms. I, and it's like clearly, if the women are using the men's bathroom, they don't care. You know, they're not right. going to be like, "Oh, he, you're doing something weird by peeing." No, they they've we all of these people in this situation or all of the women, at least, have all recognized this is just a place, you know, we don't want to miss any more of the show. You know, it seems like they're thinking logically about it. We're just a bathroom's a bathroom. We're just going to go in there and then enjoy the concert. It also seems to me like it could be an insecurity thing, like they don't want to get a glance at themselves. You know, they're insecure about that. That, that, Even the woman who didn't want my gay friend in the bathroom, it seems like a insecurity thing like there was just zero way that she thought he was going to assault her or something right to be fair neither none of these people reported any friction whatsoever between the genders as they went about their business in mixed company so it went as smoothly as you would expect it to do it did make it a bit difficult to make it to a sink to wash my hands as there was a crowd of women all doing their makeup with heart eyes or painting 13s on their hand with eyeliner and I don't know what the significance of 13 is. Maybe it's a song or something. Yeah, you probably got to be a Swift fan to understand that. But I could see that. Like, if you're in the women's, if you're in the men's room doing your wake up, makeup, oh, that's kind of not as cool, right? Yeah. Her Take, birthday is December 13th, so that's probably what it okay. is. Why it's, I know that, I don't know. Take it's your little pocket weird, mirror yeah. out into the hallway yeah. and fix your makeup there, right? Like, or or wait for the women's room to do that. But, like, the men's space is not really designed for that. And you are getting in the way of people using it for what it's actually designed yeah. for. I so, mean, it's a, it's annoying even if you're in the women's restroom. That's you true. You know, like, let people wash their hands and stop being, you know, so self-absorbed. Yeah, wear waterproof makeup, that sort of thing. Which, this is not something you typically see in a men's restroom, he adds. In fact, after years of institutional male privilege... The simple bodily reality that the women's queue tends to be longer than the men's, Carrie felt he was due to get a taste of his own medicine. Well, that's, that, that's not going to get you laid, dude. And that, that's, that's the sort of thing you expect. It's like, oh, I guess I had this coming for being a male all these yeah. years. I'm a feminist. Yeah. Date me. So some stadiums have actually done work, but that's mostly the end of the story here. It's like these bathrooms are being used by people of all genders. Everything's going just fine. No one's getting raped. No one's getting assaulted. 
it's going exactly as well as you would expect. And that's pretty much the end of it. We should all be able to smoke weed in the bathroom together. You should be one of my favorite concert venues, and I don't even smoke anymore, but one of my favorite concert venues has a smoking area, and I didn't know about that at first, but like every every concert should have that. Yeah. I've walked out of concerts before because after like three or four hours of drinking, man, I, I need a cigarette and I'm yeah. going to smoke one. And they're like, well, you're not going to be allowed to come back in. Well, then I guess I'm just done here, aren't yeah, I? I guess I'm smoking in the bathroom. Why wouldn't they let you back in? Like, just, just the, you have a I think they're worried or... about people bringing in drugs or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it, they're... It, a lot of concerts, and, and it's kind of a newer thing, it seems like, but a lot of concerts don't allow re-entry. Yeah, so they have a smoking area. Yeah. that That's a simple way to go about this, but that that's frustrating. But it's better... You can vape in the bathroom. That That's much yeah. easier to go, but... Yeah. Vaping didn't vape in work the crowd. for me. Nobody's gonna no, see it's it. different. Yeah, like especially after being at a rock concert for three or four hours. I yeah. want a cigarette. I've been drinking. I, I, I need my cigarette. I, I don't, I don't miss smoking. I yeah. can tell you that. But we have other music-related stories. I want to talk about LSD and Pink Floyd and just drugs in general. I guess because the story is about how people are impacted by LSD. And it it begins, bankruptcy is not the only thing that proceeds gradually and then suddenly. Boy, they put a lot of work into this article. While Sid Barrett may have appeared fine in an interview in May 1967, his teetering mental state would change drastically by the summer. Locking himself in his bedroom for days, the formerly placid frontman of Pink Floyd became crudely violent, on one occasion smashing a mandolin over a girlfriend's head. The angelic boy became this moody, impossible to work with, violent man. Initially, Barrett's antics were ex- ex- exoticized as the Floridites, good lord, they really did go out, put the thesaurus away, man. While testimonies vary, many blamed at least his excessive use of LSD. And this is something that people are still arguing about to this day, where the doctors at the time in the 60s attributed his mental decay to LSD. They're like, LSD melted his brain. It rotted his brain or whatever. And if so, he's the only person in human history that ever happened to. I mean, I could understand if maybe it was like some fake research chemicals LSD. Fair. But pure LSD, I do not think would do that. I mean, there have been thousands of people who have taken LSD daily, you know, for like entire years out of their life. Yeah, physicists and those are known people, for it. Yeah, and you know, like those people are fine. So it seems but, like this is an underlying, you know, psychological condition. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. If you already have something wrong with you, then it can totally uh, exacerbate it. Like I would have never even thought that it was the case since everyone my age who's done LSD has been completely fine and normal. But my ex-boyfriend in Utah, his grandma is completely crazy, like really, really crazy, and um. They all say that, and she says, well, I guess she says that uh, it's because of, like, doing too much LSD. They, and, you know, his her son believes it. Like, at this time, she was less crazy. I think she was probably schizophrenic or something, and it exaster- exacerbated, I can't say that word, something within her mind. And she is like, oh, my God, the weirdest old lady. She, like, talks about sex in front of you. I don't know. She, she is crazy. She's, like... I, I had an uncle who was like that too, and he he went like off the rails for like twenty something years when I was a little kid, hmm. and I was told it was because he had some shrooms once, and they they just 
affected him wrong or whatever. But as an adult, I look back having done a lot of shrooms myself. Like, I don't I don't think that's what it was. Mm. But, Maybe they lied to you to try to scare you out of doing shrooms. I don't think so. I think that's just genuinely what they believed. And mm. he did snap out of it eventually. Uh, when my sister and I reconnected with that side of our family in my early 20s, he about a year after we did that reconnection, he was putting on a work clothes and going and getting a job and turning his life around. So he just sort of went crazy for 20 years and never a threat to anyone, but very, Maybe he got very on, off. Like meds that helped him. Very well could have been. But it, it definitely, I don't think it was because of shrooms. But I, I believe that's what they believed. Barrett, of course, is the main case study of the acid casualty the archetypal subject who, after a few too many trips, is said to endure a mental collapse from which they may never recover. And I've heard this, I've heard of this, but I've never actually seen it, right. and I don't know anyone who has actually so, happened to. we've all heard the story of the person who thinks they're a glass of orange juice, like that's the, you know, stereotypical, you know, everyone, everybody knows that guy, but no one actually knows that guy. Yeah. I don't think that guy actually exists. I mean, there have been moments of like on LSD or shrooms or whatever when I like I thought I was a glass of orange yep. juice. Don't like, spill me. Yeah, it wears off. <laughs> yeah. right? His story is frequently shared as a parable in online forums like Reddit, which is a recruitment pool for psychedelic studies. No, uh, bluelight.org maybe, or some of these other forums. I don't know. Arrowhead. Arrowhead is another one. But dude, if Reddit is what you're looking at for like psychedelic case studies, no. then you're in the wrong place. While attitudes around psychedelics have softened in recent years, this meme still lurks subtly within the public consciousness. And that's true. It, people, do, still do th- people still think it's possible. One doesn't have to ask too many baby boomers before someone shares a story, perhaps of a friend from school or university who got lost ashore on the other side. Of course, our own nobody, Rich Paul, is a great example because he went to a Grateful Dead concert once hmm. and he allegedly he had some pieces of paper that mm-hmm. were special pieces of paper. And in order to get them in, he hid them on his body. In, in, and that absorbs through your skin. In a very intimate place. We, we're not allowed to say where. I thought he's already admitted to where on the show. He probably has, but I don't know exactly how to say that and yeah. be FCC friendly. So like he put it in. Yeah, a, you it, can assume where it was. He put it in a very intimate place that gets very hot and sweaty. Men right? don't really have that. Uh, if they don't want to put something in a pocket, we have bras no, what trust. do men use? I think I uh, think everyone listening has figured it out by now. So I think we can move forward. So he did that, and like as Nikki points out, LSD can be absorbed like through the skin, and it got absorbed yeah. through the skin. And thank God he was at a Grateful Dead concert with like surrounded by people who are sort of used to this sort of not yeah. used to it, but, and also like nice people who are like totally probably willing to help yeah, somebody and, and probably on L- LSD themselves. So, I mean, he. Yeah. He probably went on quite a trip that day. Did he yeah. say that he had a like, really bad time? I, I don't remember the whole story. I don't story. remember now either. I, I don't think he remembers it himself. Yeah. I, I've heard of this happening to other people. Um, there's like a famous guy at a festival that I go to. I think he goes to a ton of festivals, but he's like the typical like perma-fried guy where he's just like, will take like a sheet of LSD and will just be like being crazy off like running around and but he's like you know resident at a lot of music festivals and people just know about him um but I think a lot of those like perma fried type people 
were also using a lot of other substances. Well, that guy wouldn't so, even be permafried, was he? He's just like regularly using. No, it. this guy was, but okay. then he would also like take an absurd amount and then oh, okay. just like be laying on the ground doing like crazy stuff, which is fine. But right. like it was just the person like everybody knew this guy. Right. And then I also had another friend, similar story where he had, you know, a Bible in his pocket, which is a hundred or a, a thousand. I don't know what increment it is, but it, it got wet. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so and it was like a ridiculous amount. And yeah, he I don't think he had a good time. Yeah, oh I, I would and, imagine you know, not. At, at a certain point, you're almost guaranteed to have a bad trip. And, and I suspect that these were all bad trips. I don't know. I've never tripped anywhere near it like that hard. Right. And I, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. But uh, none of those people, well, none of Rich Paul is just fine. He didn't get lost on the shore of LSD or whatever. In fact, he he credits credits LSD with helping him get off his meth addiction. Yep, he does. And I would argue that uh, other psychedelics. Sorry, I said meth. It was crack. I just don't want to say the wrong thing. And I would argue that psychedelics have done me a lot of good as well. Dealing with anxiety and depression and stuff instead of, you know, chugging down antidepressants and other crap. Yeah. Psychedelics and, sh- and and speaking of like si- side effects and bad things happening to you, antidepressants can you can get to a point where you can't go off your antidepressants suddenly without it killing you. Yeah. Or you become or you'll you know, kill a yourself. mass sh- shooter or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of psych meds are really, really bad. They have crazy side effects. Um, and then before we started the show, I was talking with Aria about people using like uh, methadone and Suboxone and other like MAT type drugs. To help what get, is MIT? Um, sorry, medical assisted treatment. Okay. So just stuff to keep them off of heroin or other opiates, and people will be on these medications for like ten years and totally dependent on them. Yeah, I can I, imagine being on it for ten years. How dependent your body can become on that? Yeah, I mean it's whatever. Um, but I firmly believe if someone just takes a ton of mushrooms or maybe acid or something, I think that they would be able to confront head on the root cause of why they are using, why they feel like they need to bury themselves in drugs or alcohol to, to just get by day to day. Like typically it's like a self-medicating type thing. I agree, but it's important to remember that it's not easy. Absolutely. And then if someone is going to use LSD or shrooms or whatever psychedelic in order to go inside into that internal labyrinth and fight the Minotaur within, uh, one should be experienced in the use of psychedelics yeah. and have a friend around if one is not. Yeah. So, but I, it, it does work. I, I got say. basically in like a Twitter fight with this lady who's um, a libertarian lady on uh, Twitter named That Liberty Chick, the one with the sweatpants, because she started saying things after I had been tweeting like, I love drugs, and she follows me. She started saying things randomly like, if if you believe that psychedelics can help you with a mental problem, you obviously have no actual, uh, like, y- you just want it to be a magic pill. It's not going to be a magic pill. You need to do all this other stuff, and it, it and it's also going to open you up to demons. She started saying stuff like that, and uh, I just think that it's crazy to think that taking something that will help you access parts of your brain in different pathways than you normally do wouldn't help you with figuring out depression or something like that. Really good point. 603-283-6160. If you want to talk about LSD or Pink Floyd, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki and Bonnie. And coming up tomorrow, the beginning of Forkfest. It's finally here, June the 15th through the 18th. I say it's finally here, but I'm... Every time I think about them, I'm like, yeah, Fork Fest. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because, again, that's, you know, the beginning of my prison sentence, effectively. And the the two things are just permanently. Not really, though. No, but once as soon as Fork Fest ends, right, like, my prison sentence begins. So the two things are very much tied together in my head, and that's, that's just the way it's going to be. Have you smashed your countdown? Time no, I, I just got it unplugged sitting okay, there right yeah. now. But it, it, oh, I was going to ask the same thing. It, I mean, well, it's down to like 12 days at this point, right? Like, yeah. That's, that's brutal. That's Wait, did you it, turn it gonna, off? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... Intentionally, or was it a coincidence? Well, intentionally. I, I packed up everything that I owned and yeah. put it into boxes and moved them places. I didn't know if it was for so. the reason of, I don't want to look at the timer anymore, Not or if really. it was just it was yeah just, coincidence. It was, it, sitting on to be top, done. it was sitting on top of a bunch of studio equipment that got packed up. So now it's just sitting there off to the side waiting to be taken to the festival. And not intentionally, but like I didn't, I could have plugged it back in, I guess. But like what would have been the point? I, yeah. I don't care about the thing because it's, it's not like it actually matters. I, I've realized because it's there. It's in my head whether I have yeah. the, the timer there to remind me about it or not. Like I'm going to prison in 12 days. <laughs> Like a clock, I don't need a clock to remind me of that. It's perpetually on my mind, and it's it's devastating to think about some of this crap, right? Like, and it hits you at random moments, like just playing fetch with my dog, right? And just suddenly, oh yeah, just imagine that you know, two weeks from now she's gonna be playing fetch with someone else, and I'm not gonna be there. And she's like, where's my friend? And like, I'm not gonna be able to do anything about it. And things like that, they just randomly hit you, and there's nothing you can do about it, and it sucks. One of the things I I had them scale my hours down drastically at my at my job, and obviously I'm not working there at all at the moment. And it sucked seeing them have to deal with not having me there because like I carried a lot of the burden. And then suddenly I wasn't there to do that, and business plummeted as a result. Like they're down about twenty percent simply because, wow. as far as I can tell. They don't have me there to keep up with that volume, and it didn't take long for customers to realize yeah. that they no longer can keep up. And anyway, mm, well, so that sucks. But I, I wanted to say, look, you know, j- just go ahead and keep scheduling me. It, it'll be fine. But but you're going to be gone eventually. So what's the point? Right. That was exactly know? it. It's like no matter how much I want to say, uh, well, let's just keep going and deal with that in the future. Like that's here, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not going to change. I, like Law Dog called last Wednesday. It's like, oh, you're not going to prison. It's like, no. Yeah. yeah, it's like, no, you're, I literally am, <laughs> you know. Like that, that, that bell has rung. And on June the 26th, it's ringing yeah. again. I'm it, going to prison. You no, know, it's easy for a lot of these libertarian types to be, oh, no, you just have to do this. Like, why didn't you just do this, this, and this? And if, you know, it doesn't always realize... work like that. It, in, the, in that case, he probably oh, yeah. didn't realize that she was already sentenced. But this happens a lot where libertarian types will give you like legal advice and, oh, no, well, if you would have just done this or, oh, no, you have a court case coming up. Why don't you just do A, B, C, and D? And if the judge says this, you do this. And 
Dude, it it's was just so much exhausting. more. It's so much more complex than that, and I'm sure you had to deal with so much of that just being surrounded in our community of as people as, who like good week, meaning too. Like they, yes. they mean well, they want to help you, but it's just certain things you can't understand unless you're going through it. But and, the week I got arrested, there were people like coming by regularly to, to like give me legal advice and have me test out their legal theories yeah, and stuff like, like that. Like that's oh, not you, what you need. All you got to do is do this. I'm like, no, look, man, I'm. If they're like, this worked in this traffic court. I'm like, dude, it worked in traffic court because it's not worth it yeah. for the judge to fight with you over that $55. I'm not going to be able to make the judge so frustrated that he just dismisses the charges yeah. here. It's the, different. The thing about uh, the rules that they can figure out about court is that the first rule is always that the judge can break the rules at any time. Yeah. So... It's and like it, you can figure out, oh, I figured out the exact way to get get around this. It d- doesn't matter if you do it perfectly. And, that, and that's the thing, too. And, you know, people have said this, too, about, um, like, how to get around, how to, like, basically not pay taxes the legal way and all of the, you know, things you need to do to do that. But the truth of the, the, truth of the matter is it works sometimes, but it doesn't work 100% of the time. It works unless you, know? you get on their radar, in which case none of, none of it will work. Well, no, people say they have this whole legal process right. of how well, you can... I understand can, it, but, yeah. but it, and Tom Woods asked me about this when I was on his show. He's like, well, why did they target you, but they didn't target some of these other people? I was like, well, it's just like these people who you know, go, say, don't pay your taxes, and they go 10 years without ever paying their taxes, but they only make forty or $50,000 a year, yeah, so the IRS isn't paying attention exactly. to them in the first place. But you want to make $5 million a year and not pay your taxes, they're going to find out about you, and it's not going to... You can have all of the same legal theories and all of the same documents and arguments that this person, yeah. other person had, and it's just not going to... The only reason it's working is because they're not on their radar. Exactly. Yeah, so somebody told us um, right at the beginning of... The Crypto 6 stuff, like the first thing, the first mistake the Crypto 6 did was hiring lawyers. It's like, <laughs> oh my, are you kidding me? And it's like, yeah, I it's do love so, our community. Though. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it, it's so easy for people to say that when they're not going through it. And the truth of the matter is, I have no clue what I would have done if I was you, if I was in the situation that you were in. How am I... Either. You know, like, how am I to know that? So it's, you know, easy for people on the outside to be like, oh, well, you know, don't don't hire a lawyer. You are your own lawyer. You should have done all this. Do you really think that would have worked out better for you? I doubt it. The only problem with the tax no, thing. That would have, no, no, no. If for no other reason, you require the attorney to, like, be your guide through this process. If for no other reason. Like, how do you know when to even put something in, in the like, a, a motion? Like, in... Uh, the state courts, Ian has had so much experience with it, like from his friends or himself, that he basically knows all that stuff now. But federal is completely different. And none of us have uh, experience with that. No. And you've got to have an attorney at least at least to guide you through this stuff. Man, you want to get up there with your life on the line like this? Again, Mm -mm. it's not traffic court. Right. Your literal life is on the line here. And try some of these legal theories in federal court. Go for it. I, mean, I didn't want to play that game. Plus, even making research your full-time job. Like, if you yeah, thought you yeah. could even figure yeah, it out. Yeah, forget doing anything else. I mean, I'm just thinking of how, like, anxious and nervous I am when I, like, fight a speeding ticket. I'm sweating. You know, I'm, like, dressed in my nicest clothes. I have my whole... I've been rehearsing what I'm going to say. You know, it's just anything like that. It's, for me, at least, it's very nerve-wracking sometimes. Sure. Um, you know, like, going up in front of these people that are trying to, you know, prosecute you. I couldn't imagine having it be something more serious than, you know, a speeding ticket. I mean, I wouldn't experience. I wouldn't be able to to even like 
present it. You know, I wouldn't be able to have a written up. I wouldn't be able to read a statement or anything. I would be so nervous that I wouldn't be able to. So even for that reason alone, like. I struggle with that as well, but it wasn't because I wasn't able to read. It was because I decided as the hearing was going on, my citizen hearing, that like it it stopped being about me like three minutes in. And, and I realized that like this isn't about me. This isn't about anything I did. This is about this attorney and this attorney. This is legal sophistry. Sophistry is all this is. It's them presenting nonsensical argument. They turned me into this this vague concept and then they're talking about this concept is completely divorced from me and anything having to do with me. And I'm not, I might be given three minutes in which to make my case. And that that's so insane. They're putting me on trial. They're trying to put me in prison. And like you're, you might get three whole minutes to present your side of things. And at one point I tried to tell my attorney something that I felt was important while my attorney was talking or whatever. Like, and, uh, and the judge like, just wait, you'll get your chance to talk. No, this is my chance to talk, damn it. Yeah. You're mm. putting me in prison. This is my chance to talk. But that's not the way it works. You have to shut up and let your attorney talk to their attorney. Yeah. And then finally, at the end of all of that, by the grace of God, they'll give you three minutes to say your piece. And it better be wonderful. You better speak better than you've ever spoken in your life. And it's a complete travesty. I got angry. Because it, it 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 is very frustrating and to to have been told. No, we, we'll give you a, we'll give you a minute to say what you want to say. But this is about me. Stop making it about this imaginary legal concept you've invented over here. That's not about that. It's about me. How dare you say that you'll give me a minute to say my piece? This is my piece. This whole thing is about me. And you know, I, I realized the trolls in the Matrix chat are having fun with that. But like, I was—it was literally a sentencing hearing about me. So yeah. the yeah, so within context. But they're going to clip that, and they're going to have a fun, and they're going to have fun with that. I, they're already doing. I know they are. I wish I hadn't said it. It's already, right. it's already posted. You don't yell a whole lot. So. And I definitely don't yell. It's all about me or whatever it was that I said. But like the sentencing here was supposed oh, to be. It literally it was, was literally about, you, though. about you. It was supposed to be, but it wasn't. Instead, it, it was just about these these. Va- and I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it right now. No, I think the way you described it earlier was pretty like a vague concept of you that w- is completely divorced from the actual you. Yeah. To me, I mean, that makes being a witness. I, that makes perfect sense of what it was. A, a great example is they tried to say that. Aria's childhood has nothing to do with like Aria now. Like, how can anybody, you even argue that? I mean, anybody in the world, what I mean, not, not not in the world. Anybody in like psychology would understand everybody's childhood has to do with how how they I are mean, now. Literally, if how much you were held as a baby hmm. and how long you cried for, you know, that affects who you are at, in your adult life, whether you remember it or not. Like. It mm. all builds and creates who you are as a person. Things your mother did when you were in utero yep. affects you. Or so, stress yeah. she had. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... I didn't mean to get into that rant, though, because we do have callers on the line. So, sorry about that. But 603-283-6160. But you're right. And I noticed that as well. They're like, you know, the, the, the people who... You know, this is relevant. Arya's sort of past is relevant to people who are, like, selling drugs and stuff. Like, no, you're glossing over the fact that me not selling drugs is an important thing. The fact mm-hmm. that I'm not one of these drug addicts that you're regularly dealing with who have childhood experiences like these, that's the important thing. You can't just go as it's irrelevant because Arya mm-hmm. defeated it. That's not the way this works, but that's mm-hmm. effectively what they tried to do. But 603-283-6160. We have Alu on the line from Liberty Block. That's libertyblock.com. Alu, you're on Free Talk Live. 
I, I agree with what you guys are all saying about those uh, armchair lawyers, especially prevalent in the liberty community, who say a, a lot with taxes, but also with speeding tickets and stuff. They tell us to challenge the jurisdiction and say the judges have no jurisdiction over us. And they say, you know, there's, the IRS doesn't actually say you owe taxes, which, again, is BS, because I happen to know my friend Ian Freeman was convicted on a few things, including tax evasion. Oh, but they didn't clearly, actually have to use any laws. They just had to convince a bunch of idiots uh, called a jury that he did a thing. Their witness didn't even corroborate what they were trying to say. I I don't. The thing about it is, I don't think that those people are wrong that we don't owe taxes. It's the federal tax. It's the it's the tax on federal income. And if you don't make federal income, you actually don't owe it. The thing is, the practical matter of it. I've heard that, but. What I'm saying is either it's BS or it doesn't matter because the federal government will prosecute you if you don't pay your federal income tax. Exactly. I I agree. I think that's the significant thing. Like, it doesn't matter if I have to pay it or not if I'm going to be prosecuted for not paying it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the jury doesn't care. We'll never research the laws that they're going to uh, get you on because they just get convinced. It's a popularity contest. Well, the prosecutors get to tell them on what grounds to convict. Yeah. Yeah. They get to spell out, look, if you think this is accurate, doesn't they don't say, look, this is what the law says. They say, if you think this is a true statement, then you have to convict. And it doesn't matter if the law actually says that thing is illegal or not. Sorry, Alu, I kind of felt like I cut you off. Important underrated thing that you guys know about now, but a lot of lay people don't really know about is the jury instructions the judges give. Um, I think they're supposed to essentially read the exact letter of the law and say, tell the jury, this is the law. And based on what you have heard during the trial, do you believe that this person violated the law as written? And they give them some instructions. That's a very important part. And a lot of appeals are actually done because the appeal is that the jury instructions by the judge was not proper. Um, and then, you know, an appellate court will need to rule that that's the case or not. But so it's a very important part. I don't know exactly what the jury instructions were in this, you know, in this exact case with you and with Ian. And I, I don't know if it's public or not. I think it is. It is. It's but available on Pacer or Recap. I don't I don't remember what they were now, but they, they argued a bit about at least some of the jury instructions and they sort of came to an agreement. But like it's. Yeah. The, the agreement is coerced in the first place because, like, it, it's just like the jury selection. You, you only get some of what you want, and that, to me, is fundamentally is fundamentally flawed, right? How, how can you say this is a fair trial when you're you're allowed, when the prosecutors are allowed to pick people that they think are more likely to convict me? Shouldn't they be more interested in finding out the hmm. truth? Right. They're but not. In, but instead, they're playing their role to all the way like they're they're looking specifically for jurors that will convict yeah it's basically like sports for them you know they want their side to win and i don't know how that could possibly be construed as justice by anyone yeah i think there's pretty broad agreement and i explained a lot of this in my book presumed guilty that the jury system again it sounds democracy and awesome and the people there are peers it sounds great but if you actually think about it the average 12 people who happen to be dumb enough to not know how to get out of jury duty is not really the best set of people to be judging, you know, when your life is on the line and judging the law and the facts of the law. Um, I think there are some other countries that have like a three judge panel. I think one or a few judges would be way better than yeah. juries for so many reasons. I, I think I talked about that and presumed guilty a little bit. I think a jury is one of the worst ways to be deciding cases.
I agree. Especially present day, you know, like maybe, you know, a few hundred years ago when it was you know actually your peers, people in your community that knew you. Um, but I think nowadays it's just and, and yeah. law has gotten so complex and it's the average person doesn't even know most of the law, you know. I mean, public school alone is a reason that we shouldn't have juries uh, considering things for us because we can see how much of a failure they are. People are actually just dumb now. Like, it's just a fact. People are stupid. And that's why they want the jury system to keep going on because they can get as many guilties as they possibly could uh, try to get because people are just stupid and gullible. My issue with it is with the peers part of it more than anything, right? Because what what does peer mean? They, they want to try me before in in front of a bunch of middle aged people from New Hampshire. Well, those aren't my peers. They've mm-hmm. never been my peers. You, you give me twelve trans anarchists on a jury. Those are my peers, man. Someone someone who have faced struggles yeah. and experiences similar to these struggles and experiences that I've had. Those sorts of people are my peers. But you can't just pick out twelve random people and say, "Well, these people are kind of sort of similar to Aria. They're her peers." No, that's that's not what the word peer is supposed to mean. And I don't think that's what the founders meant when they gave us the right to a trial. By I don't have an issue with the jury trial. As long as those 12 people or that, that number of people are my actual peers. In Ian's trial, they kicked out somebody for owning Bitcoin. She was like, yes, I have Bitcoin. Which makes you that one person a peer of Ian's. But you yeah, wouldn't get yeah. kicked out for having owning dollars in a case if it was about, uh, you know, the same exact charges, but dollars instead of Bitcoin. You wouldn't get kicked off jury for owning dollars. It, it doesn't no, make and any that, sense. That was completely ridiculous. Anything, Someone mentioned thoughts? that the prosecutor gets unlimited challenges, whereas the defense only gets one or two. Was that right? No, no I don't think it's unlimited, but I, I think they get six and the defense gets 12 that they can, they can no, reject. No, they got eight in defense. Oh, wait, they got six in defense, got uh, eight. But in Ian's case, for whatever reason, the judge gave them all four more. So they got 10 while Ian got 12. Okay. Something like that. But yeah, it's certainly not unlimited. But I don't think the prosecutors should get picks in the first place. Right. Shouldn't they consider any American, as long as, you know, somebody, the judge is the one that's going to throw out somebody for just having an obvious uh, conflict of interest. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Alu. The American justice system, it's broken, man. And uh, Alu, of course, writes a lot of books about that. He will mm-hmm. be at Fork Fest, and he will be selling some of his books there. He mentioned Presumed Innocent. Presumed, presumed Guilty. guilty. Presumed Guilty. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And that is, of course, when it was, was clearly I have not read it. I know what it's about, though, because we talked about it a lot. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the story, having gone through the federal system. But he will be at Fork Fest and the Porcupine. Well, I don't know if he'll be at Fork Fest, actually. But he will be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival selling his books. I would highly recommend that. Well, while we're on the subject, I didn't really want to get into it, but I did have it. When we, when we will be talking about the Grateful Dead thing, because that's, that's a far more entertaining story than the one I've got here. But this one won't take long to really talk about. And there's not much more we can say about LSD and all that. But Trump was recently indicted, right, with 37 counts. Well, interestingly, Judge Eileen M. Cannon is the federal district court judge who has been assigned to preside over President Don, former President Donald Trump's classified documents case. And there's an issue with that in that she doesn't really have much experience running criminal trials because... 
She, I mean, she has been on the bench since November of 2020 when Trump mm. appointed her for life after he lost his reelection. She had previously not served as any kind of judge. Okay, let's repeat that. This oh federal judge was appointed by Trump and had never been a judge before. Was she a lawyer? I don't know. Mm. But you would think that one wouldn't just start being a judge at the federal level. Yeah, right? you'd think you'd yeah. work your way up, maybe? I like the idea of taking normal people and making them judges. I do like that. Yeah. I just, we we can't just do it with one random person. Maybe she was yeah. hot. Yeah. She, she's not really, though. Oh, they do have pictures of her. Anyway, she had not previously served as any kind of judge. And because about 98% of federal criminal cases are resolved with plea deals, she has only had a limited opportunity to learn how to preside over a trial. So where where is the judge school or whatever where she, she would learn how to preside over trial? Plus, during uh, if she got appointed in 2020, uh, it, like the courts were even like shut yeah, down and things point. were getting pushed back. So isn't it, I might be incorrect about this, but I thought that in order to be a judge, you first had to go to law school and like pass the bar and be a lawyer. Apparently that- not. But is that typically how it happens? I Am I making so. that up or okay? Yeah. And usually they get out of there, they get out of law school and they go one of two directions. Uh, after doing their, I, I don't remember what it's called, but they either become a prosecutor and then a judge, or they become a defense attorney mm-hmm. and sometimes then a judge, but usually not. As far as I'm aware, almost all, all three of the federal judges in New Hampshire, in New Hampshire, used to be prosecutors, mm-hmm. and this is going to be the case of most federal judges. They all used to be prosecutors. So, I mean, they are literally on the same team that the people trying to throw me in prison are on. And that's the fair court yeah. system that the United States offers us. Like, even if they weren't former prosecutors, the U.S. court system is still on the same team as the prosecutor because they're all the government. Yep. But this is worse where they're like, they graduate from the prosecu- prosecutorial team into the judge team. And they're... They're playing for the, they're on the same college here, guys. They're they're partners. They're working together. And that's a fact. Anyway, so because of this lady not having any experience and because of 98% of all federal criminal cases being resolved with plea deals, she's never really had a trial. And her first trial is going to be with Donald Trump. So it's going to be a circus, and I don't think she knows how to handle it. But that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. 603-283-6160. There is more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, there's still time. 603-283-6160. And I guess this could be my last in-studio episode of Free Talk Live. I'm just I guess I go so. To prison. I, ideally, I will be back on the 26th to do... I got to check my dates now. I think I will be back on the 26th. I'm sure if you yes. wanted to, we could uh, ask somebody else to sit out that day. Well, I'm I'm on Mondays anyway, so oh. it would just be you, me, and Ian, right? But, oh, no, I thought you were saying that 
don't know. I thought what? you were checking which day of the week, but I was saying I, even if it was like I a am Friday. because I thought it was the 26th that I was reporting to prison, but it's the mm. 27th, but I'm reporting to prison. That's why I was checking the mm. actual dates. But on the 26th, in theory, I could be on the show, but like that's like literally the day before I go to prison. Yeah. So I don't know. That starts getting, and that's assuming I'm going to be somewhere nearby that I can just drive to the next day. And that that's looking pretty unlikely. So, I mean, I don't know. This could very well be my last in-studio episode before I go to prison. And it's not going to be my last episode because we're going to be doing some for ForkFest, obviously, and the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But it could actually be the last time I'm here in the studio doing a show until I'm in prison. That's that's the point at this process that we're at, right? Like, this is going to this is for sure going to be my last night in my house. Like, my the only place that I've ever really yeah. called that I've re- ever re- I've lived a lot of places, but I've never had a home before. But this place I'm at now, it's been my home for 6 years now. Whoa. And this will and this is the only place I've ever had that felt like home. And this is my last night there and before prison. That's heavy, man. Yeah. And like that's that's what I'm dealing with when I leave the show here tonight, right? And it's this has been my last week there and my last month there. And it's this is my gonna be my last night, my last night to lie in bed and fall asleep with my cats laying on my sides, right? And with Azria sitting on the floor at the foot of the bed. Like this is my last night to do that. It's it's heavy stuff, man. And it's always there so this is why the the clock down timer doesn't matter the the countdown timer doesn't matter because that's that's just where we're at with this anyway yeah how do you forget that you're going to federal prison yeah you don't so anyway that's what's going on but i look forward to hanging out with you at fork fest i say it's my last night in my bed with my cats obviously they're going with me to fork fest but i won't be in my bed then and Yes, that makes a big difference. I'll be in a hotel room bed, which isn't as comfy as and homey as my bed. But you know, that's how these things are. And I will make it out the other side and I will, you know, live. Let's go to the phones. Get into something a little more cheery than this. We have Sarah on the line from New Mexico, who she can always be counted on to brighten the day, if if nothing else. Sarah Sarah's not gonna call in and make me more sad and more depressed, usually. Right, right, Sarah. What's talking uh, about tonight? Well, I want to think about something positive, like this uh, super antioxidant called the exoxanthin, and it's spelled uh, starting with an X. So it took me a long time to figure out how to pronounce it, exoxanthin. So the the salmon has exoxanthin and it has a, a pink color. So it's supposed to be really good for your skin. I do like salmon. Ha- helps- me too. You hate salmon, but it's got eggs. It's got that um, eggs. No, she said she likes it. Yeah, I like salmon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's supposed to be like a really healthy for you. Yeah, I'd heard that because of this um, exoxanthin, the pink color. I don't think that's why. So, but... Yeah. Right. That is well, the why. amino acids too. I mean, it's very high in aminos and and omega threes and all that. Actually, Sarah, this seems to be spelled with an A. Sarah doesn't. Omegas, that's what I was thinking of because all proteins have amino acids. Astaxanthin. Super. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it starts with an A and an X, right? It's got an X somewhere. It's A S T A and then there's an X. A S T A X A N T H I N. Sarah, you're calling it about this thing and you you said it started with an X, but you don't seem to know what you're talking about. I I feel betrayed and let down. (laughs) Well, it was so hard for me to pronounce. I thought, and I knew that it had an X. I seen it, but I didn't. I didn't know where it was in it in the word. 
So the the thing is that um, I wonder how they make supplements out of it. That's my curiosity. Well, this here says so, it's 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 natural. It naturally occurs in uh, salmon. So, are, so are, they probably like, what they extract do it. they they take the salmon and they squeeze it really real hard until all the juice comes out, and then they put that in a pill, Sarah. Then they throw it back to the ocean. Yeah, no that, animals. That's how hurt. that works. Uh, Wait a minute. Is that the is that the only way that they get this exoxanthin, or is it, there has to be some other? Yes, form? I, I happen to be a highly paid expert on this subject, and they they just squeeze them very hard. Wait, it's it's quite horrific. You you can almost hear the salmon scream. It's it's <laughs> quite it's quite awful. Sarah, I have no idea how they make this stuff. I'm not a paid expert on this. I have no idea how. It's almost certainly not by squeezing the salmon, though. But thank you so much for it the call be, tonight. Though. It might be. This stuff sounds pretty freaking cool. It makes me want to eat more salmon. I'm reading about I it. I love salmon. Yeah, I I'm going to have salmon. to eat salmon when I leave here tonight. Mm. I wasn't planning on it, but now I'm like, oh, no, you have to. Yeah. Ian had fish tonight, too. I had chicken. and I was going to make ahi tuna after this. so Or I- force Matt to do it for me. Yeah, yeah, just I'm. I don't want to like spend a whole bunch of time like reading it, but I couldn't find how they get it out. It, it mostly mentions it um, <laughs> in food and crustaceans and algae. So, Sarah, thank you so much for the call tonight. We do have other callers on the line, though. We have Jet on the line. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. I just um, I tuned in a little bit ago, and you guys were talking about these beasters that are just making your life terrible. I hate to throw you back into that, but I got to tell you. I I don't get angry very easily, but when I hear about that, when I think about these people who um, think somehow that they have a right to uh, put people, you know, behind bars for stupid things, it just uh, it just grinds me so badly, so just burns me deep in my soul. And uh, there was another thing you were talking about taxes. Well, I have. As well as reading the Bible, I read tax code, and there is nothing in any code that obligates any human being to pay any tax anywhere. It's just all a bunch of bogus nonsense. Probably, it, but uh, I mean, it doesn't matter because they're going to arrest you for it. But yeah, I, I don't find anger. It's not worth feeling angry about, right? Like these people are going to do what they want to do, and if. Anger is not an appropriate. It's not a helpful response to this. It's not going to cause anything good to happen. I don't know. Angry about it. I don't know if if uh, tens of thousands of us got a little angry, there wouldn't be these monkeys running around thinking that they somehow have the right to ruin everybody's life. I mean, it just uh, there is no one. I mean, we're all the same. We're all just basic humans, and no one has any more rights than anybody else. Absolutely. So when 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 someone decides that they're going to um, stop someone, handcuff them, take them off somewhere into a cage and all that. The, the people who are doing that are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. They, have, they honestly believe in their, in their mind that they have a right to do things to other people, and they don't any more than you or I would have. I mean, yeah, they like, believe their God has bestowed them with the right. Their, their God of democracy and this this concept of the state that they're a representative of, you know, j- just like the priests of the old. They they firmly believe that their God has bestowed them with the, the righteous authority to be his hand on the earth. And that's that's how they justify this. They don't think they're better than me, but they do think that they represent something better than me. And of course, everything you guys are saying is absolutely correct, but it's just 
we all have to make that personal decision. Like, are you, you know, like, of course, no one wants to pay taxes, but are you willing to go to jail over that? And I think, you know, everyone has to make that decision because right now it is. In, uh, and of course, if we get, you know, everyone to stand up and stop paying taxes and, you know, to all claim like well, the state is not legitimate, that would be great. But at this point, I don't think we have the numbers. And I think a lot of people. Here's here's. Here's how you do this. Here's how you, you start that wave rippling is when anybody brings up the idea that, that there needs to be some law or there needs to be somebody in charge, ask them, who? Who is it that you think should be in charge? Should it be me? Um, and, of course, if I would ask anybody, they would always say, no, of course not. Someone who believes in their mind that they were somehow morally superior, uh, intellectually superior. Uh, I don't think that's going to I I don't think that's going to fix the problem that Nikki outlines, uh, which is which is a numbers issue. Right. And we knew this. I knew this. Ian knew this This is why I made the video how to sell Bitcoin. Right. I knew that if if the peer to peer selling of cryptocurrency was going to remain free and the way to distribute cryptocurrency and to allow the average person to get cryptocurrency without a few mega corporations controlling the own ramps to cryptocurrency, then we didn't just need me and Ian and a handful of others out there selling Bitcoin, distributing well, Bitcoin. Have... We needed tens of thousands of people. So I made yeah. a video yeah. explaining to people exactly how to do this. And I got to tell you, you have I, Jet, we lost, man. We lost. We 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 raised our armies. We we laid out our troops, and we lost. And I don't think and so. we did. Local um, bitcoins has closed. Believe, Agora market is closing. Um, recently, they like yesterday, someone posted in our matrix chat that they arrested someone who sold cash Monero by mail, hmm. and. It was completely anonymous, and they busted this guy. And, of course, someone else was like, sounds like a market opportunity. It sounds like we lost the war, man. We lost the war to keep cryptocurrency decentralized and peer-to-peer. Sorry, it sucks. I hate it as much as you do. I'm going to prison, and the thing I fought for got defeated anyway. So, yeah, I'm fully aware that we lost this war, and it sucks, man. It sucks to look around Keen and see the crypto mecca that it used to be and to know what it used to be and to see these decaying, dying remnants around where you might find someone who has cryptocurrency that they might sell you. Well, we, and you might find someone who accepts cryptocurrency, but you're probably not going to. We outnumber these beasters tens of thousands to one. And when people finally figure it out, it's it's going to happen. Something's going mean, to happen. It's happened before in history. And it's gonna happen. I mean, this... I, I got to agree with Jet in the one thing that the solution, if there's going to be one at all, is going to be words, like convincing yeah. other people of, the morality of the thing. It's just that I don't think, I think you're like, like making it sound a little simple and that's what's kind of frustrating Nikki and Arya because all of us agree or else we wouldn't be doing this show <laughs> Yeah, that's spreading the ideas and that we believe in is... Like, honestly, the thing is, like, yeah, I do agree, like, it's spreading the word is very important, but what's unfortunate is I think, yeah, we do technically have numbers if it's like us versus them, but it seems like based on what I've done, because listen, I've been spreading the the message of peace and freedom. Like everyone I meet, like I try to, you know, plant these little seeds. A lot of people like to have the state taking care of them. They like paying taxes. They like having rulers. And it's, it is really frustrating okay. because it's like, oh, well, if I just told people about peace and freedom and anarchy, like if, if they just truly knew what it was and what it meant, then they would totally like think exactly like me. 
But I, I don't think everyone does. And that doesn't mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be negative. And, like, I, I still believe we should be spreading the word. And, you know, maybe one day we can get to that point. But, like, I'm... Just... Go ahead, Just Jeff. keep pumping out two questions. I'll keep pumping out two questions. Number one, where does anyone get the right to rule over another man? Number two, if if someone does, who is it? Tell me. Well, they believe they get the, they believe it's divine right. God gives them that right. The the de, well, the democracy does. is just the the newest version of that. Where previously they believed that the king was given the right by God to rule over. Now it's it's exactly the same, except the God isn't the Christian one or Yahweh or Jehovah or whatever you want to call him. It's the state. It's democracy. It's this more slippery, intangible idea. That's not even a, a person that you could even in theory hold accountable. It's just this vague concept that well, they get to define. Two questions. Yep. Just keep pumping out those two questions to people. You know, what gives another man the right to rule over another? And if so, who? Yeah, thank you so much for the call tonight, Jet. I, they're going to, they, they have all of the mental gymnastics that they need to get around those questions. It's not going to give them any pause. The other thing is, I don't think that the average person is ever going to give you this opportunity unless you just come bring it up to them. And then they're definitely not going to, like the average person isn't contemplating that thing. He said like, yeah. If they're ever, if they're ever asking, well, they're probably never going to be, but they'll go, we live in a society. We have to have a government. The government has the right to rule over you. That's all there is to it. And that's the end of the conversation. And then you go, well, how do you define government or what gave government the right? They're not going to engage in that. People don't care. And and you know, like I do, like I try to plant small seeds, you know, like I meet friends who, you know, are statists and i try to kind of bring them to the side of liberty but it's it's a slow thing like you slowly have to plant seeds because i can't just be like let me unleash all of this knowledge on you and then you'll definitely be an anarchist right no they'll think you're crazy and then they won't give you any time of day you have to like tastefully and like deliberately introduce people to things and yeah some people are ready like they're just like oh my gosh this all totally makes sense on that but, note, though, at my hearing after the, on the courthouse steps, one person said F the government. It wasn't an anarchist. It was one of my coworkers. Yeah. So, like, it, it is a slow process, but I've been working with them for five years. And it wasn't one of the libertarians who moved here as part of the Free State Project who stood on the courthouse and said F the government. It, it was just a coworker of mine that I had slowly over the years influenced. Yeah. Um. Oh man! Oh yeah! Recently, this uh, like young, probably in his twenties, guy from Boston messaged me on Twitter, and I, at first I didn't even want to respond because I thought he was trying to ask me a gotcha question. He literally just wrote, "Why shouldn't we pay taxes?" Because my bio says, "Don't pay taxes," and um, I ignored him at first. And then if, after a couple hours, I went back and I was just like, I answered his question. And uh, same reason you don't feed the bears. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was uh, gonna. You know, be like, well, what about this? Ha ha, I gotcha. But he ended up going like, thank you so much for the explanation. The reason I asked is because I live in Boston and taxes are just so much more noticeable here, he said, that I started wondering. And and I had looked at his page. He had like stuff about like him holding a protest sign that was pro unions and stuff like that. He was a total leftist looking guy in Mm -hmm. Boston, but he said he just has never had anyone give him an open explanation of why they think the way I do. And he's been uh, wondering himself. And I don't know that just for like nice. really 
I don't know, give me And hope. I think that's important, right? Like, we can't just be preaching to the choir every day. Like, that does nothing. Right. You know, like, you have to reach out to other people and, and be open. And I think there's so much, like, judgmentalness, if that's even a word. But people are very judgmental, right? They're like, oh, well, I can't even talk to leftists. And I, you know, I can't even talk to this kind of people. And, you know, I don't want to even associate with them. But... If you break all, down all of those labels and realize that we're all just people, I think that really helps actually doing something to spread the message of peace and freedom. Agreed entirely. Let's keep going with the phone. 603-283-6160. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, the astaxanthin in the supplements comes from, uh, they extract that from, from the algae. What is that process like? Uh, just to continue that thought, uh, I, I have no idea, but uh, basically, the, the, it's the it's the algae that the salmon are eating, and then it's you know getting into their flesh or whatever. So they're in the supplements; they get that from the algae. I I used to take it. I think it's probably a good supplement if you don't overdo it, but I don't take it anymore. Um, okay. Yeah. So well, thanks for the info. I, I, just, I mean, just for the sake of it. Uh, I was looking for a show topic that you guys had the other week, but I couldn't find it anywhere on Odyssey. It was about, um, it was something like when pets aren't your friends. Uh, would you mind, I'm uh, sorry, but would you just mind like letting me know what that was all about? Because I'm kind of curious. Um, I don't remember. That was on a Sunday night show. Um, but honestly, I can't even remember what the actual topic was <laughs> that we were talking about. Okay. That's yeah, Aria and I are not on that night. But yeah, but no, that, sorry, that, that show is it is on Odyssey. So if you want to, yeah, I don't know why listen I to it. it. Okay, all right, okay. thank you so much for the call tonight. I mean, it's it's I missed the old Free Talk Live where you the search function really worked. Like you could yeah. enter a topic and you could find all of the episodes of the show that dealt with that topic if it was in the show notes. Granted, mm-hmm. like one of the big things with the website redesign and all that was that we it would have been great to have some way of automatically figuring out what a show was about because our show notes are not perfect. Like we've talked about all sorts of things tonight yeah. that could get tagged in the show notes, but that we didn't put down there. Like just little brief one-off things that we talked about for 30 seconds before like plea deals. Is or, astraxanthin in there? No, no, of course not. <laughs> or astraxanthin or countless other subjects that in theory, some artificial intelligence could say, okay, it could make note of and add that to the show notes, and then that would be searchable. But at the moment, no such thing exists and probably won't exist for a very long time. And by the time AI can do that, then AI will just be doing the show, so it won't matter anyway, because <laughs> I will have been replaced by an artificial intelligence pretending to be me and doing a better job of being me than I'm doing. So maybe I've already been replaced by an artificial intelligence. And even I don't know it. Maybe yeah. I am the artificial intelligence that replaced wow, me. Wow, that's heady. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, obviously, that's not the case. But you, listener out there, you don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Artificial intelligence, how far is it really? I don't know. I don't think it's far enough to do that yet, though. But it's getting there. There are already podcasts that do this sort of thing. They, what, You know, I put in my um, show prep that I didn't even bring in for today, but I found this article um, about uh, the Beatles are making another album using an an AI is there they took samples of John Lennon's voice yep. and AI is you know replacing John Lennon so we already have AI John Lennon so 
you know, Armenian listened to one. I don't know if it's the same exact one you're talking about that did a quote unquote new Beatles song. And it was like, it's pretty believable. It was like kind of silly in a way. Like, it, I don't know, like they would have said these words because they were just silly. There's like, they just yeah. chose well, random things I don't they know. thought the Beatles would Paul, say. Paul McCartney is the the actual one that I was talking about. Paul McCartney was working on it. I think it's well, oh, it's that's just, cool. It's just Paul and Ringo left. But um, okay, yeah, the, this it's was interesting. just the one me and Ian listened to. Yeah, was it was just, just like, an AI one. Yeah, what do you think a Beatles song sound like? And it was funny because it was like silly. One of the YouTubers I like watching, um, he's been doing content for like 10 years, but he recently started doing this new series where he like pretends to interview someone else. And I don't remember who he recently did, and it's not very important, but I almost feel bad for the guy because that would have been good 10 years ago. But now artificial intelligence is already giving us fake podcasts where like Joe Rogan interviews Steve Jobs or whatever. And it's like, Artificial intelligence is already writing scripts that are believable for what both of these people would say, and it's mimicking their voices, right? Like, your your little impersonation on YouTube, it's meaningless now. It's 10 years too late. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I haven't listened to all of them, but I listened to one with Terrence McKenna and some other person, and a Terrence McKenna interview recorded in the 90s, it's still 100% more interesting. I mean, it's like the, the AI is just saying what it thinks Terrence McKenna was saying it's like oh right. yeah that's so believable and, and it sounds like him and it but it isn't like actually logical like because they can't ha- don't really have that complete- it's not perfect certainly yeah. and it's got a long way to go but it's gonna get there and it's going to get there very very quickly I think and I feel bad for these artists who are like no AI aren't bad and whatever because mm. I'm like it's gonna you you, you can, have to adapt. Yeah, you, you can know? be that old man yelling at that cloud mm. all you want, but it's gonna replace you, you all know? the same. It's the same thing with the uh, beats machines with the drums. You yeah. know, people, and you know, I, I do get it. One of my favorite drummers, he has a sticker on his on something that says "Drum machines have no souls," <laughs> and. I mean, I have to agree with that statement, but as an artist and as a musician, you can only fight stuff like that for so long. I mean, I you actually can feel either... bad for drummers in today's music. Like Metallica, they could not have won. Like if you if you play if you don't use a drum machine or if you are don't quantize it or use any of these other things, you get accused of being sloppy. And yeah. if you and if you play perfectly, you get accused of doing those things. Yeah, it's like, like you can't do it. Yeah, you cannot you can't win. win. You're either accused of using it and not using it, or you're using it and not being accused of it. Whatever. I really enjoy live shows, and I want to see a drummer on stage. You know, yeah. I want to see a full band. That's what, that's what I want to see. I'm also super old-fashioned, and I listen to vinyls and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm assuming most 25-year-olds... What's my don't big... they they want to see a DJ and they want to see like glowing lights and stuff they want to go to raves and stuff but I mean that's my I'm with the issue old with guys Rage on of Light one. is that their their little techno metal thing is really good but it's impossible for a drummer to actually play and like yeah I listen to some hardcore metal drummers like the Agonist and stuff like that like these dudes who are nuts with their drums and I listen to the Rage of Light like dude, that's it's literally not possible for a drummer to keep the double bass going that fast for that long. Wouldn't the Beatles have gotten this kind of, art, you know, attacks too, though? Like, John Lennon was one of the first people to mess with synthesizers. And Certainly. Yeah. The Beatles is classic, amazing music, so I don't know. Well, I'm, I wouldn't call Beatles amazing, but that's I my personal opinion. love the Beatles. But we're out of time for the night. You can join us at Forkfest tomorrow or online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. That's freetalklive.com.